Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 99. Show. I'm Bennington Fez Watley. Uh, coming up a little later on today, Susie Essman is going to be here from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, if you have any enthusiasm, you must curve it. Or curb it, not curve it. Curving your enthusiasm would be weird. Um, anybody else uh, plan for today? Possibly. Oh no! I don't want to give out possibly. Okay, then only no. definite. No definite. Then then definite. Well, I got a definite for you that you don't even know about. Uh, get their theme song ready because this is from. This is the stars of the new Instagram hit TV show. It's the stars of the halls. Stuff happens to us <laughs> in the halls. Uh, Vito and Norris is here. It's so weird to see you two together. I've been pulling for you the whole time. Uh, everybody loves your show. Yeah. Everybody's crazy about it. One of you they think is fun and adorable, and the other one they think is totally hot. But I can't remember who is which. I don't, I don't know which one it is. Definitely Vito's the hot one right here. You know, somebody uh, wrote that um, I want more of these but without pants. And I'm like, no. It's still a safe zone. No nudity on Instagram. I'm also. so proud of these kids, though. I knew them when they were just interns, when they weren't big Instagram stars. They dominate the social yeah. media. And you can check out those at, at Ron and Fez SXM. At Ron and Fez SXM. And that's on the Instagram. That's on the Instagram. Now, I can't find it on... I was looking and looking, and then I found out that I was... Um, 
using my blender. So <laughs> you can't get there. That's not located in social media. No, you need a Instagram. computer or cell phone. Well, here's what I did. I took my blender and I, I duct taped it to the front of my TV. Okay. And I just kept hitting... You know, puree, and I kept looking for it. I couldn't find it anywhere. It's just going to hurt your television. No, you need to go to the Instagram app and go to at Ron and Fez SXM to watch the halls. Well, today, what is it, episode three? Correct, yeah. Now, I know that they already put it out this morning, uh, but I like to watch it live on the air. Um, so let's see where we left off here. Uh, well, of course, it's the opening where Vito is explaining how difficult life is for him in the halls and then he was all excited on his first day and then he kept look how cold it was when we shot that and then he sees a beautiful girl named Norris. today's episode of the halls I think is Norris's point of view right yes this is from Norris's point of view from her first big day at Sirius XM okay yeah let's do it beautiful That was like a Wes Anderson moment. Wow. That was, can I use the word? Yeah. Whimsical. This I, don't know, a, I don't know what that word means. It means filled with whimsy. Oh, filled with whimsy. <laughs> See, I thought whimsical meant you took all the whimsy out. No, no, no. This is filled with whimsy. Wow, I'm surprised to see like that uh, musical moment at first, but I really dig it. And you know what? I'll give you a credit for this too, Norris. Flats? Yeah. No one else does that in TV. <laughs> no one else is going to put on flats. Bringing something different, you know? Yeah, you're bringing something different. Where's young Molly at? Molly's in the booth right now. Oh, I see. She's over there with Shelby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring Molly in because I like to get the teen point of view. And she's a clean teen. She she was telling me she wanted to start something called The Booths. With her and Shelby. I just I don't want to do any spinoffs yet. Alright, Molly, did you get a chance to see today's the halls? I heard the the audio but I did not see the actual Kimono right, Yeah, instead of letting Chris push you further and further away, get over where you can take a look at it. And I want you to use your teen now, remember where you let off. He sees her in episode two. Yeah. Episode three, we're getting it more of Norris's point of view, but then it comes back to Vito's eyes at the end. And the flats. Wow. It's even better with the visual. It is I better with say. the visual. Most <laughs> yeah. Instagrams are. It's better with the visual. Now, I just noticed something there, too. You take such a short turn into the building that I really <laughs> respect. It's almost, it shows that you have that Marine Corps background. Right. <laughs> now, what are you hearing from your friends and family? They love it. They do love they it. They love it. Yeah. They're like, you famous. And I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and let them know it's you are famous. You are famous. Teach them. They're new to this country. And what are you hearing from your people? Everybody loves everything I do. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Uh, I went to see Vito's student film 
when he uh, when he showed it, and just there, there was film after film, right? That they were just one after another. So I go in, and three minutes in when some, left in the some other kid's film, and it was heavy. Uh, <laughs> Vito's was the only film that wasn't about death yeah. and what depression. Bigfoot. So with about three minutes left. Just on both sides of the theater, just Italians. Just <laughs> Italians coming one after another. And then all, through, uh, the, then all through the movie, I would hear this. Hey, there's Vito up there. Look at him. <laughs> Vito's all dressed up like a hairy ape. Look at him. He's so cute. So has your mom seen this yet? Yes. Now tell everybody about your mom, Tell My mom is Leslie. She's a lovely lady. Yeah. She, her signature dish is chicken parm. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. She's about 5'6", uh, 5'9", with heels. Mm-hmm. She's um, still rocking the Joan Jett look. Yes, she is. Nice. It's nice. a great look. Guns N' Roses is her favorite band. Oh, man. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. She's a great lady. She um, actually, the day after the halls went up, I didn't even have the chance to tell her. I was like going to tell her the next day. And I get a text from her that was like, I, go- I googled Vito, Ron, and Fez, and this thing came called the Halls, and your name is all over the internet. <laughs> so she just sits around Googling. Vito I have Ron no Fez. idea why she, she did that. She cares. But like, she was like, just, she was like so pumped about it. And I was like, oh, I was going to tell you. She was like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, this Nikki, Frankie, Paul, you got to see <laughs> Hey, Petey, Jimmy. That's, that's adorable, though. Yeah. I've been tweeting it. Her, uh, her mom, uh, his mom only came in once, and that's what I did on a mask with Fonzie. Oh, <laughs> she was perfect. Pumped. Yeah. She brought a friend in. She oh, sat front row. She went nuts when Fonzie mentioned he was from the Upper West Side. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good place, Fonzie. Hey. She got like one like clap going, and then the next like twenty minutes, every time he made a joke, she would go trying to get the clap like, going, to get it, and it wasn't happening. <laughs> Awesome. So she loves the halls. Loves the halls. Who doesn't? I mean, but well, here's what we don't know, because it's not finished. We don't know whether those, these two are going to get together or not. What's going to happen to these two crazy kids? They yeah. keep just passing, just missing each other. <laughs> the tension's building. Well, in real life, they had sex on the first day, so we couldn't do that. It's part of orientation. Yeah, that's why they go. That's why they won't have sexual uh, tension. You know, in movies, they hate it. They they never use married couples because sexual tension isn't there. You know, they like it right before. Anything happens, and they say even after, it'll ruin a movie. That was the problem with Geely. That's a really good point. Geely. Uh, other than that. But if you go back and watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the tension is unbelievable. Yeah. This is like, it's supposed to be a little comedy. The tension is unbelievable. Yet they've never na- made another movie since, because why would they? Yeah. yeah. Like, again, you see that in music videos, too. If you, if you watch a music video with like a couple before they got together... Give me an example of this music video. Uh, when Usher and uh, the girl from... I want to say she's from... Uh, Where's she from? Give me a second. Give me a Where's this oh, I have a computer here. Oh, TLC. The West yeah, one. yes, yes. And the girl from TLC. Oh, fucking, I know all Left about Eye? No, no, it wasn't okay. Left Eye. Away. Chili? How dare Chili, yeah. And uh, they have a music video together. Um, Is it called The Halls? 
<laughs> yeah, so this it's weird actually. I mean, what oh we call wow, that just gave me a great Joey? idea. What if we could get a famous person to cut like a song for it too? Oh, that'd be wonderful. That'd be great. Oh, I don't even remember the name of the song that they did together. Uh, we've all moved on. I'll, I'll just say it's waterfalls. Okay. <laughs> Because that song, I will lean over and turn up. So, The Halls, fantastic. Um, Chris, have you got any ideas where this thing should go now? I'm thinking maybe a car accident. 15 seconds? That's, yeah. It's going to be a lot of quick cuts. How, how do they get into the car if they're interns? Well, what if we do this? They find out for 30 days they can eat nothing but McDonald's. <laughs> Every meal. <laughs> Oh, Rio would be so psyched. Yeah. <laughs> different from no, dairy, also have to dairy Queen just open up day. here. So let's get a Dairy Queen every day. Where is the Dairy Queen? 14th Street. 14th and 6th. Dairy Queen just opened up. It's what? Really? Yeah. 14th and 6th. Yeah, write that down next <laughs> to your doctor's <laughs> name so that you can call him right after. He's always on the phone with me. I don't know. The doctor's freaking out because my sugar's high. <laughs> what are they going to do? Give me more medicine. And then yesterday, we didn't bring it up, but we got some lovely stuff sent to us. We got a beautiful chocolate gift basket sent to us from Dave Attell. And here's what Dave Attell said. I love the hall so much. Could you make sure that Vito and Norris get this? Oh, good. Mm. Wow. At yeah. Ron and Fez SXM on Instagram. Make sure to like the videos. It's very important to What's like them. What's that mean? How do you like them? You, I already said I liked it. <laughs> I love it. There's a it. button in the bottom where you... It's like a thumbs up. And regret. No, it's a little heart. It's a heart? And oh, you can double it, tap it. Yeah, let double me, tap it. And then a heart me how to comes double up. And what's that do for us? <laughs> oh. Where's it on here? Oh, there. See? Boom. You double tap the heart and on then Instagram? And then a heart pops up. Yeah. Well, you could double tap the actual video if you're on a smartphone, if you have a touch screen. And then on the computer, you have to click the actual heart. And you got to regram it. And so regram it. What regram it? It's like a, it's like a retweet, only a regram. So other people who might not be following the account, then they'll see it and say, "Oh, this is amazing! This is like a mini Sundance." Yeah, film. and then they'll follow. We got to follow that. We got to send it to famous people. Yes, we do. And the hashtag's big too. You hashtag on on Instagram? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah, like I should know this. <laughs> hashtag. You got to hashtag your Instagrams. You got to regram them and you got to like them. Like, like, like. Very important. Let's send At it Ron says SXM. Yes. Hashtag. Hashtag. Send it over to that Jen Selter. She's huge on Instagram. He always brings up Jen Seltzer every single day. And he's gay, which is weird. Why would he bring her up? He's not gay. He just is asexual. I'm straight as a hard cock over here. Come on, what? We have guests in the studio. All right? We have fucking Instagram stars. You're bringing up hard cock. That's true. We've got these big stars in here today. I want everybody just on top of themselves today. Johnny on the spot. What's that mean? On top of your shit. I thought it meant less whimsy. Handsome Johnny? feel crazy. You are crazy, dude. <laughs> a lot of stuff here. I'm crazy right, for the so we regram it, and then people need to sign up to Instagram to see this. Yes. And then you regram it, and you favor it, and you favor the regram. And also follow. You cannot forget to follow yeah. at Ron and Fez. See, I, don't, I, don't, see, I don't know all that. I don't know how it works. Did you ever see Jen Selter before? No. All right, this is... This is the most famous person in the world right now. She's on Instagram. Go to her Instagram. 
Selter? Selter, Instagram. Hmm. Is she a model? No, she's a workout person. <laughs> she's just a girl. She actually lives or works oh. right in this nice. neighborhood. And she's all about the butt. Yeah, the I butt. can see that. Squats. That ass. Yeah. <laughs> she's working out the butt as much as she possibly can. This is crazy. Yeah, she squats. Look at her butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone it's says. It's famous. It's very famous. It's okay. It's crazy. It's just okay to you? It's decent. Because of your girl's butt, right? Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> she all about that age. <laughs> what did that guy say? Oh. In graduation? Oh, turn that bitch around. <laughs> <laughs> At graduation? Yeah. yeah. It was the, uh, the guy giving the speech. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> See, I didn't go to college like you guys. Valedictorian? Not no. Valedictorian. The, the guy you paid keynote to Keynote speaker. In. Chancellor? The commencement speaker? There yeah. You go. Commencement speaker. Or keynote. Chemistry teacher? Yeah. <laughs> the commencement speaker's here, everybody. Everybody, stay back. There's a gator loose. I'm just doing Fez's thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was like morning announcements. There's a gator somewhere in the hallway, and there's a hurricane barreling in at us. Uh-oh, another shooter, another shooter, repeat. Oh, man. <laughs> Homac has got a shooter. Everybody, please rise and turn to the flag as we play Tom Petty's American Girl. <laughs> See, Fez grew up way down in Florida. I fucking first Down met. There. I first met Fez. He had fucking gator teeth necklace. He was wearing. Sick. He was wearing a coonskin cap. Really? Yeah. No shirt. Yeah. No fucking shirt. Little cutoffs. Little <laughs> tight cutoffs. What happened to his look? His his knees were just fucking scraped out. Well. Remember when I mentioned Tom Petty like ten minutes ago? Yeah. There it is now. <laughs> um. But yeah, he was always like that. He's always like, um, it's a little hot today, ain't it? I go, yeah, and he goes like this. I'm going to go get a bucket of water from my feet. He was always getting, like, he would travel, he would walk around with buckets what? of water. And he goes like this. I'm like, uh, what are you doing with that water, Fez? He goes like this. It's a hot one. And he would sometimes just splash it on his belly. Wouldn't it get tepid? Huh? Wouldn't it get tepid? He didn't care. He it didn't wasn't care. every day a hot one in it, Florida? Yeah, it yeah. used to evaporate. It would be so hot sometimes it would <laughs> evaporate. And then he would sell, and these were like wooden buckets. Wooden Bucket, buckets? Yes, yeah, he would have the, cool. yeah, buckets of water. He would just be selling them as cars went by. Buckets! <laughs> buckets! And that was his, they used to call him Buckets this thing. when he yeah. was a kid. For your dogs. Mm. Buckets, get in here! How many of them buckets you moved today, son? <laughs> Seems kind of unhealthy. I'm not even kidding when I say this. So I go into Fez's house, and it's down there in Florida, and this is, swear to God, true. And I go in, and I meet his parents, and I look over at the living room furniture, and it was sitting on top of Kool-Aid cans. What? And uh, I go, uh, why is your couches and chairs on top of these cans? And he goes like this. Flood water. <laughs> Got to watch out for flood water. Flood water? <laughs> yeah. We were in a flood zone. Yeah. And then he looked at me and goes like this. You can't drink flood water. <laughs> you can't drink it. I like how you were Keep just it like... out of the buckets. <laughs> uh, what's up with that? And, uh, it's a true story. I just... 
I felt like I had to ask, like I shouldn't. Yeah. You know, because I'm the like, elephant in the room. Well, I was like, oh, did the you know did they knock the legs off of this furniture? But I'm like, <laughs> no, it's still there. Also, Kool-Aid cans. Yeah, they were cans. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, and it's, it was already made Kool-Aid? And the in powder. the living room, the living room had like a cinder block floor. A cinder block floor and a drain. In the, uh, oh my for God. flood water. <laughs> flood water. <laughs> you couldn't keep carpets in a flood zone. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the halls. That's what this is all about right now. At Ron and Fez SXM on Instagram. Mm. Nice plug. Nice plug. Regram it. Be part of it. Like it. Like yeah. it. Follow. Favorite. Follow. But I'm so glad that you guys are happy with it. Oh, I'm very I love happy. it. Yeah. I love it. I know you guys, everybody put a lot of work into it. Um, I know that there's going to be a death later <laughs> on this Whoa. season. Spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Who's going to catch it? Don't get too attached to all the characters. <laughs> all of them. Here, I'm going to give the hint. It might be Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Buckets! Where are you going with them Buckets? Flip water. <laughs> and he actually lived next to Clearwater. That was the name of the town, and that's where his family used to go to get their water. But was the I've water clear? It was very clear. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You've been to Clearwater? Much better yeah. than flood water. I went to St. Pete. St. Pete? I love. I, I went. I have the exact opposite opinion of Tropicana Field from everybody. In the world. I love Tropicana Field. You know, when you really need to go there is spring training, because that's <clears throat> real baseball down there. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Did I you get the beer buckets? No. No, he was calling you buckets. Uh, he wanted you to get the beer. <laughs> you get the beer buckets. There was a comma in there. Twenty first century buckets. I like St. Pete a lot. That was fun. Well, you ought to have fun. You know, yeah. you remind me of uh, that fucking movie, Spring Breakers. The, you know, you put the grill in and just like Alien. Yeah. There was one thing I didn't like about St. Pete. I went. I looked up a beach nearby. Yeah. And it was right by the Don Cesar. And I went by it, and it wasn't a fucking beach. It was like. A little patch of sand on some water. You read Pasigrill. I guess so. Like, mm-hmm. That's just... the name of it. It's Pasigrill Beach. And the reason why it's called that is there used to be just one grill that they would have to barbecue on. And you would barbecue and then pass a grill to the next house, barbecue, pass a grill to the next house, and that's how it became Pass a Grill Beach. Okay. Yeah, I got that from Fez's parents. Don't forget to pass a grill. <laughs> Hi. Come back for oranges. We're going to be picking. <laughs> His dad was always knocking at doors like this. I'm like, you need any grapefruits picked? Grapefruit, you need a pick? It's not even a sentence. And Because uh, I had a tree in my yard, and he goes, you want us to pick them grapefruits? And I'm like, no, and they go like this. we going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you might well say yes. <laughs> you ever see all the lizards that run around down there? No. Everywhere that you go in that area, these little lizards, they just run around outside and then they just look at you. And it almost seems like they're going to say something. It's like <laughs> They're going to say, buckets? Bucket? Bucket, you got a lizard between your two. 
But you were very happy back then, Fez. Very, very happy. Well, I think it was so hot, I just didn't realize what was going on. I was probably delirious. You were, seriously, you were the, he was the funnest and happiest guy. I tell that to people all the time, and they never believe me. But Buckets was always trying to figure, like, what can I do to get this party started, you know? He was great. Now, shoulder hurts. You look like you're ready to cry right now over the shoulder. Killing you? It is just killing me. Yeah. All the way down to my fingertips being on fire. Poor buckets. You know what? Yesterday, stick it in a bucket. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I had numbness on my ring finger. Really? And I'm like, uh, and like, I remember you saying that comes from the neck or whatever. And right. I'm like, if I fucking caught this from him. Oh, I can't imagine it'd be contagious, <laughs> but I just woke up with it one day. Well, I'm fine now. I must have just had a pinched nerve. Okay. You know, I was sleeping on the street. I got, you know, pretty... Oh, <laughs> no, no. Then that'll happen. Yeah. Back on it? Oh, yeah. On my way to a meeting. I stopped and had 16 drinks. <laughs> That's the worst time to do that. <laughs> When's the best time, then, in your opinion, Chris? <laughs> New Year's Eve? You fucking amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Whole cast of the halls is here. This is so exciting. Now, you guys had met Molly before, I guess, she went to Israel. Huh? Did, did, did I had met Nerese, but I, I met you. Oh, you guys you made, had met. You made me lift things up in front of her. Yeah, you're very strong. <laughs> yeah. No, we met today. Yeah. Before you met her, she had an Israeli boyfriend over there. I did. Yeah. See him like a. Is that your first international no. boyfriend? Uh, yeah, that was my first international boyfriend. So here's the good thing. No matter what you did with him, we'll never find out. Because so, <laughs> he's international. He's international. Yeah. So that's how, when I was a kid, uh, I was a carny, and we would go, you know, these places, and to them, you know, real farm towns and shit, to them, you know, we were the movies. You know what I mean? It was like Hollywood came in. <laughs> They've got a wheel! You know, they were so excited. But the girl, the guys just always want to fight us because the girls would do things with those boys, beca- the carny boys, because then they would move on and right. not be part of the local like lore, the gossip thing. The gossip thing, yeah. yeah. So we were totally free. You know what I mean? We were totally free for them. Yeah. And that's what it made me think. Hey, girls are not as conservative as I thought. <laughs> They just have to be because of gossip. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think that was the case with a lot of, like, the second that all the girls met the Israelis, it was like, you know, each one of them had their eye on somebody. Oh, so that's the whole reason why you guys went over there. Mm. No. (laughs) I should go over there. Mm. Well, I I don't think that. Not doing too well in that department. Why? She, she, I don't know. She's never dated a white boy in her life. And she said that white guys don't like her. Why do you think that? Uh, Obviously, I haven't gotten no hitbacks from um, I don't know these people. Hit, I don't know a hitback. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> like so I meant like a text or something. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, you know, the halls is going to put you on the romantic map. Right? Sure. You think so, Mark? Yeah. I'd like to see her get with Jeter. By the time this whole thing is over. <laughs> oh, that's doable. It's a farewell tour. <laughs> um, you get a gift basket, at least. Fez, would you uh, charge me there? Sure. And then let me hold your credit card while you're doing that so I know you don't try anything. <laughs> Plus, let me see your credit card anyway. I want to buy some stuff. <laughs> I want to do some online shopping. That's so weird that she can't get a hit back. Mm. At least, <laughs> did I just no? make up a new word? I think I, I did. I don't know. But maybe it's maybe it's DR slang. <laughs> now, Molly, I remember what you said about Dominicans. You said they're nothing but goddamn street trash. <laughs> 
Molly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she goes like she goes like this when you come by. What's the coconut skank doing here? Oh, and I go, no. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Quoted. Quoted. Busted. Molly, you've never met anyone from the Dominican Republic, have I you? I have not. Yeah. She's all best Chester, Westchester, and now Tribeca? Yep, Tribeca. The triangle below canal. How are they enjoying it? How are the parents enjoying it? Oh, in Tribeca? They yeah. love it. Yeah, they they go to the Tribeca Film Festival. There's all these restaurants. They got great restaurants. Friends there. with our neighbors and stuff. It's good for them. Famous neighbors. Uh, one. Ooh. All right, oh. let me see if I will write it down. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is it Steven Spielberg. Nope. Because I only know one famous person in that area. Who else? And if this is it, your parents are. Why do we have pens that don't work? Let's plug the halls way. I'm trying to get a working pen. Brand new episode of the halls is up on Instagram today at Ron and Fez SXM. At Ron and Fez SXM. Come right over here. Regram it, like it, follow it. You're not friends with this. Click on that heart thing. That's liking it. Oh, okay. At Ron and Fez SXM. So yeah, regram it, pass it along. On your phone, tap on it. On your computer, click. Wow, it's gigantic. Yeah. Wow. See if you can get him for the horse. Okay. I'll see what I can do. I know he's seen it. I mean, sure. Who, who has hasn't? It? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. I know he used to live by me. Well, maybe years ago, but he's been down there for a long, long time. No, but like right above my mom's office. She used to see him every day. Because huh. uh, I know he's the one who started the film no, festival. No, he started the film festival. Maybe oh he has a bunch God. of apartments. <laughs> And you know he's always with non-white girls, so. Oh. But lucky mu- you. Much darker, no, much darker. <laughs> She's not there for that. I went to camp with his kids. Did you really? Yeah. We were on the same kickball team once. Were they cool? I don't. Probably not. No one's kids I don't are think cool. So. <laughs> look at your no dad. one's kids. Look, look at your dad's kids. Mm. Hey, how's your <laughs> how's your sister doing since she was dumped? Oh, she's she's doing okay. She's she's been working really hard. I think she's trying to figure herself out. Where's she working down on the piers? Yeah. ships. She's <laughs> catching shrimp. No, good. She, that's good work. <laughs> good honest work. People are always going to want to eat shrimp. <laughs> so They're delicious. She'll always work. She's in Midtown. She's in a law firm. You name buckets for them shrimp. <laughs> hi, we gonna hi we're gonna pick them anyway. <laughs> So she just works an office job? Yep. The cubicle life. The suits. Mm. Never trust the suits. Never. She drink a lot? She's just constantly hammering? <laughs> it's like a Maggie Gyllenhaal secretary type scenario oh, going on. Well, why what do you have to fuck? turn it into an S&M thing? What a creep. 1%. Is she the 1%? Um, yeah, I guess she is. That's cool. I wish Jesus. I was. She's working as like a paralegal though. She's not really, but she's Oh, is there that. something wrong with her legs? <laughs> I always I saw some of those paralegals outside the supermarket and I gave them a dollar. That By the way, nice. I was coming into work the other day and there was a homeless guy trying to hand people money. Like this. Here you go, no. Everyone was like dodging them. Like, I don't know whether you shit on that money. <laughs> How much money was it? It was a dollar bill. Oh, this dollar? He was like this. Here you go. Was it like some kind <laughs> of political statement? What was he doing? They never know what they're doing, you know? <laughs> homeless guy gave me an umbrella in the rain one time. That was Fez. 
That's really sweet. He gave you an umbrella in the rain? I was like standing outside a bar on the phone. He goes, hey, man, you're going to get wet. You need an umbrella. Oh, man. Did you give him any money for it? Yeah, give him a dollar. A dollar for an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Damn. He probably stole that umbrella from someone else. <laughs> and then there was another time we walked through the street and some guy just has a bunch of $20 bills and he's just yelling out, who wants money? He wasn't, I don't think he was even homeless, but he was just yelling out, who wants money? Who wants money? And my friend walked away and I was like, I'll take a 20. He goes, I'll give it to you as you, long as you don't give it to that fucking asshole. Uh, I did it my friend. Like, I'm not going to give him money. <laughs> I'm not going to give him anything. Money. Don't worry it about it. It's my money. Your cash. It's yours. <laughs> Don't worry about a thing. Spend that whenever you want. You're a big time um, Instagram star now on the halls. I give people 20s. There you go. At Ron and Fez, SXM. Exactly. Regram it. I have this first time I heard it, but just you got to regram it. You got to get the app. You got to get the. the Download Instagram. You got to sign up first, right, Nuris? Make an no, account. You got to make an account with Instagram. Make an account with Instagram. Yeah. Download the app. It's on every smartphone marketplace. Tim just uh, sent us, um, I think, two minutes ago about the same thing that you brought up, Fez. Oh, okay. Okay. He's very short now with it. Like he used to be when he was buckets. He'd, <laughs> he'd be very long slow. Now, I'm not even kidding you. He doesn't drink anymore. But when Fez drinks, the southern accent really comes out. I've heard about that not just from southern people, but in general. That when, if you have like an accent and you start drinking, then it... it Comes out more, and then it gets like this to like Florida. Hi, hi, nay, fucking with Florida, and you're like, you never talked that way. <laughs> yeah, what happened? A while ago, he like he, it was just like one word when he was leaving a room that kind of slipped and sounded like some smooth Georgia accent. And yeah. I wish he talked like that all the time. One time I saw him, he was down there. He's just looking off into the. Um, into the Gulf of Mexico, and I'm like, what are you thinking about, Fez? And he goes, I guess, treasure. <laughs> <laughs> they're all down there, they're all thinking about treasure. It's out there. All the time. Treasure. Yeah. I've known so many treasure hunters down there. Really? Yeah. I actually partied in a bar once uh, with a guy who uh, found like just this giant, this was down in Key West, and he found this giant treasure and became famous for it but um, sitting there and he's buying drinks and he's just fun and just waste it but around this thing he was wearing like a Spanish doubloon that just like they had made into a necklace that's amazing you know? yeah. that's the best shit and he's like this is from it right here he had his own museum and everything that's cool he passed away they'd made a movie out of him uh, like a TV movie and you know what the the problem with it is once you find one of those things you just get sued constantly from the country that says oh, yeah. they own it the country that left you know the local people someone else who claims they did it's just constant lawsuits yeah it just sticks to you like ticks and then also all these people want to be your friend and they don't really even like you they just know that you found some buried treasure that's, well, that's how we are with you anyway because we found out you guys have a hot tub so, of course, we're going to act that <laughs> way. You use me for my hot tub. Yes. We would go over, you know what we ought to do today? And she's like, hot tub, right? <laughs> I f- there was one kid in my neighborhood that had a pool. Only one. And we would show up and knock on his door like we were his best friends. And he'd just open up the door and look at us. People would have, like, snorkels with him. And shit. <laughs> so we're like, what's up? Let me guess. You guys want to go in the pool? 
Huh, that's an idea. <laughs> can we be out there splashing around? You know what? Maybe your mom can make some snacks for everybody. <laughs> you know, get it all going. Make this festive. My girlfriend told me the most Guido thing ever. She said when she was growing up, this one kid had a tanning bed in his house. And oh, I was just, she was like, he was the most popular person in school. Everybody would go Tanning home. bed Pete? <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a weird thing. Italians are naturally dark, yet they, they still, love tanning they still beds. Love it. Oh, my God. They love that stuff. Yeah. They love tanning beds and then fight with black people. <laughs> That's what I understand about it. Just send that back. Everything's cool? Uh, no, I haven't. I'll do it for you then. You want me to do it? You no. Worry about it? No, I was going to write something smart-ass on it, but Why I said it not. Why would you write something smart-ass? Well, yeah, just one more thing goes wrong. One more thing goes against. What do you think you gain from that? Um, fights going? Nothing. So why do it? There's only two ways in life to be with people. Be friends with them or kill them. But <laughs> if you're not going to be friends with them, sooner or later you're going to have to kill them. And if you don't kill them, you might as well be friends. You can't have bad fucking vibes. Yeah. Can't do it. I either like people, my friends and then I like dead people. Those are the only people I can get along with. Look at Chris over there. Guess hey, what? Guess what? <laughs> guess which one you're gonna fall into, you son of a bitch. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> Those days are over. Oh fuck me. I got a nickname for you. What's that? Knifey McStabback. <laughs> it's a terrible nickname to have. Knifey. Yeah. Hey, Knifey, where you got like a that. knife in your back? Knifey's got a nice ring to it. It's got a knife ring to it, if you will. <laughs> oh, it's good. Oh, my God. No. It's a knife lesson. Um, who's coming up later on in the show today, Fez? Uh, later on today, Susie Essman is going to be here from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm a person. You can just talk to me. You don't have to do a live read to me. I've known him for like 25 years, and he just went like this. Later on today, <laughs> Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm will come in. I'm like, it's me. I'm not sitting on bleachers. I'm your friend. Um... Back is bothering you, though, huh? The neck and the arm? Neck, shoulder, and arm. Neck, shoulder, <laughs> knees, and toes. <laughs> and toes. It's all connected. Uh, why don't you plug the halls while you're plugging? The halls is uh, has a new episode available on Instagram, at Ron and Fez SXM. At Ron and Fez SXM. You want to check out the new episode starring Vito and Norris. Yes. Love it. The Insta stars. Yeah, they are Insta stars. Um, let me just show. Huh, I don't know. Did they did their pick show up in this? I'm going to show you some of the stuff that we let people know about it, but this is all blocked. But we're we're crazy proud of you guys for doing this. It really looks nice. Oh. You guys like being big stars? Who, me? Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's like if you go on the radio, talk for a little bit. Davis Tell sends me lovely chocolates. That's real nice. I love the subtitle, Building Their Future, 15 Seconds at a Time. And I like it also because it sort of implies that they have a future. Building their future. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's one future. I know. It's hopeful. I like Molly. 
Thanks. She's great. She's, cool. she's awesome really too. great. I have a you know what? She's going to stay in touch with you guys. Definitely. We're going to keep the halls going. You'd be surprised. I, the internet network is, you know, it's... It's pretty deep and tangled. Deep. Yeah. The intern network. Oh, I know. Yeah. Our intern They're, holiday party's crazy. I know. They, yeah. uh, the, uh, somebody yelled at me because they all showed up on Reddit. And I'm like, I can't tell them what to do. I, I don't treat the interns badly, so I don't have to worry about what they go and say. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I make sure I get you guys more mic time than any show ever has. Yeah, for Definitely. Sure. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Definitely more than I'm going to give Chris or Faith. <laughs> you guys but better you appreciate it. so bad today. All right. Uh, we got a break here, though. Uh, Hicks, Triple Crown this weekend? California Chrome, Triple yeah, Crown. That means it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jinxie, just jinx. I'm the jinx master general. What's the weather like on Saturday? Because I know we're having some rain this week. But then the, the weekend gets hot and sunny. From what I saw, yeah, it's gonna, the weekend sh- it's going to be nice here in New York. Well, that's all I'm really caring about. A little overcast, but, you know, no rain. Oh, wow. It's delightful. So the track should be fast. And is that a good thing for your horse or no? That's a good thing, yeah. It's a good thing for a California Chrome. It ain't no mutter. Ain't no mutter like a mutter, mutter, mutter. All right, that's it for us. Oh, no, it's not it for us. It's just it for us. I'm going to pick it up from here. Because <laughs> this is at the end of the day. It's the beginning of the day. Uh, we're going to take a break here. We'll come right back with a lot more Ron and Fez show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Yeah, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, we're just looking at some of the feedback on the halls, and it's just amazing. It's just really, really nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Screenwriting is getting a lot of love. Some people writing some things that they probably shouldn't. At some point, some of these people should probably be hunted down <laughs> and at least talked to by Homeland Security. Um, hey, tonight is Last Comic Standing, and that means Fez Watley will be there uh, in at the iBang to, what do you do, you live chat this, you live stream it, what exactly happens? Vince? We're live chatting tonight, live chatting, dominating the chat tonight uh, during the last comic standing on NBC, 10 o'clock Eastern. Now last week, Shelby did that with you, but he got um, a big promotion where he's going to go down to the stand and sit in the dark with a blindfold on and listen to comedy. Ooh. Yeah, it's at Stand Up Labs. It's right above Stand Up New York, and it's uh, full of Ron and Fez show guests. It's going to be Louis J. Gomez, Dan Soder, Big J. Okerson, and Mark Norman all doing comedy in the dark at 9 p.m. at the stand, 
Stand Up New York. There's a lot of stands, but it, this is a Stand Up Labs. It's like where they do a lot of podcasts. I thought, I thought it was just called The Stand. That's uh, that's where Big J hangs out a lot, and that's where a lot of them, but there's also a Stand Up New York. Oh, so that's where this is. Yeah. All right, so who's all in this show tonight? Big J Okerson, Louis J. Gomez, Dan Soder, and Mark Normand. Wow. Sounds like the Ron Face show. <laughs> that's all guys have done the show. Uh, Rob in Oklahoma has a spy report for us right now. Spy report. Spy report. What do you got, Rob? Hey, Ronnie B., how you doing? Talk. Yeah. Talk. Hey, uh, got a, I was going to mention something of the, uh, the century for you. Go ahead. Hey, here at DFW Airport, uh, Peter Dinklage of uh, Game of Thrones sitting here at the TGI Fridays in the International uh, American Airlines Terminal. Now, I'm sure that's got to be a, a layover for Mr. Dinklage. I can't I would, I would certainly imagine. I, yeah. I, I don't know. To be honest, I have yet to approach him, but he's sitting right here uh, eyeballing me as I'm speaking with you. So. How's Oklahoma feeling uh, after the Thunder got uh, bounced? Well, you know, we're not too happy about it, Ron, but, you know, we'll live, so. All right. That's true. You will, in fact, live. <laughs> Your life will go on like we all learned at the end of Titanic. Yeah, everyone's life will go on, except for little Jack, because you wouldn't fucking pull him up and share a goddamn door with him. There was him. definitely enough room for both of them, for sure. There was enough room for both of them and probably a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ian, Ian, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing, Ronnie B? Yeah. I got a spinoff for the halls. Oh, good. It's called the balls. It's Vito and Fez sucking and fucking. All right, see that comes across. That's, I mean, this is this is a family teen drama. The halls, the halls. Uh, tonight, one of our comedians is doing the David Letterman show. Shelby, who's uh, got the big uh, nod? It's Joe List. So after you're done watching Last Comic Standing, you know, stay around a bit, switch over to CBS, and he'll be on uh, making his Letterman debut. No, you'll be watching Last Comic Standing. I'll be watching basketball. <laughs> well, I'll be at the dark show. Hanging you're going to be the at dark. the dark show during the goddamn NBA playoffs. I know. This is the finals. I know, I know. What if they put the game on, but just no picture, just the sound? So it's still... It's called a radio. <laughs> it's still in the theme of the dark. You didn't get your answer back? No, I didn't hear anything back. I guess they're not going to do it. Does that, get, does that get on your nerves when you don't get the answer back? Yes. Well, I thought it was just a statement. I mean, they're not really going to pump NBA while they're trying to do stand-up. Maybe Dr. Nash can work on you with that. You know, I thought yesterday's show was so good for you. And I heard a lot of great um, response to that of people going... It's good that some of these things were pointing out. You know, as a listener, people said to me, as a listener, it's difficult that you and Fez don't interact. But finally, a guest came on and brought that up. So, uh, the Jason Nash, mission accomplished, turned the audience against me. <laughs> no, the audience has always been against you. But what I'm saying in this case, someone just pointed it out. And Jason Nash is getting married. If you I know that for a fact from the movie title. If you missed that segment you can always go to on demand or if you just want to hear it again which i know i do you can <laughs> listen go. to shelby shelby has <laughs> unsurped you as the plug king all right of course shelby wants that everyone to go fez, to on demand for fez, that hold one. on i gotta keep this going right now i've got a new right arm okay mm -hmm. molly's gonna be my right arm 
and she's jotting down things that she thinks could help the show mm-hmm. and we're going to implement over the summer. First of all, you got the on-demand being pushed by Shelby. Give that a star. Okay. Then Fez's idea that Fez gets pushed off the show. Put that down. Put a, uh, you know, brackets, Noted. question mark, and be like, hmm, could that happen? Start, like, be the highlighter, too. Okay. See, that's the thing about you, Cubby. You understand highlighters. Cubby. I've never been in a situation where I used a highlighter. I use highlighters at school. I never did any of that stuff at Also, school. if you go to a highlighter party, you use a highlighter on your shirt, and then it glows in the dark. Is everybody on drugs? Um, yeah, I guess they are. Okay, so highlighter party. Um, Matt. Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I just wonder, will, Nef- will uh, the halls be up on Netflix? Probably. And will we get to see a special episode with our Marble Mouth Centaur boss? That is also being talked about. Chris Stanley finally making his debut on the, on the halls. He has something hideous going on in his private life that he will not share. And I have to give him that thing. You know, I, I give him his space, but there's something awful going down. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah. And also, he's had to cancel some things he said for personal matters. I'm going to assume it's a hit and run. <laughs> it's just like a really bad one. Well, so after, they, after they got to Brooklyn Stabber last night, and I was watching live when that happened, because I was sure that had to be the centaur, I thought, here's where Chris Stanley finally gets snabbed. Nope, it wasn't him. It does uh, fit his M.O. Say M.O., that's like Mo, it's like a homo thing. <laughs> <laughs> And that's something you and I don't put up with, right? No, we don't. That's why I'm always your friend, no matter what Jason Nash tries to do. Jason Nash came in like the guy in the Hurt Locker. Just no no need for the suit. Just came in blasting. Everyone was just shocked. Um, I didn't see Hurt Locker, but from what I understand... Nobody it's did. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, here's Andre. Andre, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, uh, Ron, I just wanted to give a review of uh, The Halls. Yeah. You see, I think that the Instagram TV shows, you get a, you, you get a different a vision than the, the, the big cable TV shows. Right. I'm out. It is an independent vision. Uh, it's a whole new way of doing things. It's bold. It's bold. It's in your face. But then it's also in your ears. <laughs> no one ever brings that up. It's in your heart, too. It's, you know... It's like actually clogging your heart. It's clogging your arteries. But clogging your arteries with love. I know somebody else who had some thoughts about an independent vision. Uh, Chris, why do, you, why do you prefer independent film over Hollywood films? I feel that you get different sort of visions in an in independent film that maybe that's more interesting than in a giant blockbuster. Right, there you heard it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you get different visions. In an independent film than you do in a giant blockbuster. <laughs> so. <laughs> if you were fucking laughing so hard, I'd be able to. F- <laughs> That's so goddamn funny. <laughs> all right, everyone's laughing with Fuzz. You didn't get it at all, right, Fuzz? No, I got it. I was laughing. No, I don't think so. It's always nice when you try to bring Fez in at the end and he stays on the nose with us. Give me a pound. But a nice extended one. <laughs> you know, uh, Chris is, I don't want to say dumb. There's got to be another word that's less offensive. Stupid? That works. Does that work better? 
Um, David, David, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. First of all, I'm so glad to hear Molly Molly's voice today. Thanks, David. Once the halls could have you know, one of those special episodes where the interns get together and for intervention for the halls. It would be really great at some point there is an intervention for Chris Stanley. <laughs> But I, you know, I think he needs those drugs and alcohol because if he ever gets sober and figures out what's become of his life, uh, boom, that'll be the end of it. Hmm. Uh, Matt in Florida, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, yeah. what about the Halls doing a prequel so we get a peek behind the lives of these two folks before they were big time stars, and then a fast forward? And I don't want to blow your mind here. What if Jump forward to the future, and uh, everything has changed, but we get a peek at where this uh, mystery tour you're taking us on might end. I'm out. Well, that's uh, kind of interesting. Um, what, I, what I consider this, the, the halls right now, is a prequel to the fast jump. You know what I mean? So just consider that there's a jump, and this is the prequel this to is that exposition. jump. Yeah, and we're in the present. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes the present isn't wrapped in shiny papers, okay, with a bow. Yeah. There's some present that could kill you. Um, here's uh, Colin in Georgia. You're on the Run of Fish show. Yeah. How you doing, Ron? Yeah. Just, uh, my, I needed to make a prediction for the halls. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Now, the way I'm seeing it is, is the Vito character dead the whole time? I'll just give you this clue. One of them is dead. I'm not saying one of them may be. See, the thing is, is Norice even real? Or is she the feminine part of Vito that he hasn't faced yet? Is Vito living in a padded cell? Is yeah. this all in his imagination? We don't know. No one knows. This has to play out. So, especially the writers. The writers have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's not easy coming up with 15 seconds of material. Every single week. That just hangs over you. <laughs> you know, Shelby, have you ever like gone to Vulture or something after Louis' show and they write up the show immediately? Yeah. Maybe that's what you should start doing for the halls. Like a recap. <laughs> You're just <laughs> recapping the halls 15 seconds. And if the recap lasted longer than the episode, once again, we're <laughs> fucking making history. And you can see all these episodes if you need to catch up on our Instagram, Ron and Fez SXM. Yeah, make sure you sign up for that. Oh, my boy's plugging away today, isn't he? He's, He's just it. plugging away. Well, today is Thursday, uh, and that is Tito's Day. It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito on the Ron and Fez Show. About eight years ago, I quit and uh, started my own kind of energy consulting business to leave that corporate world. For me, it was a big job. I quit my job to start the handkerchief shop. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. And then at 32 years old, I had my first amateur MMA fight. Then I finished the guy in like two and a half minutes in the first round. I had to walk into my boss's office and tell him I was quitting to start a band with my old friend. Tito's Vodka is probably the best vodka I've ever had. I'm originally from Russia. They call me the Russian. Visit them at titosvodka.com. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's time to jump into it uh, a little bit. I love the calls that we got last week. Fez, we're giving out some prizes this week. What kind of stuff are we looking at? We're looking at Bottle Rockets uh, on DVD, signed by Luke Wilson. First of all, I would... Bottle Rocket... Bottle Rocket is this thing. There's no plural. Is probably one of my favorite films of all time. I know that's tough to say because Wes Anderson made so many films, but... Really, really great film. All right, give me something else we're giving out. The documentary Tyson, signed by the director, James Toback. That's a weird one here. And the CD Copperhead Road, signed by Steve Earle. Love, love Steve Earle. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's the, the question I had for you today. Is there something in life... A philosophy that you yourself heard and it's something that you follow. Now, this could be something religious. It could be something from a film, from a book. Uh, you know, the stuff from... I, I remember reading On the Road as a kid and thinking, yeah, I think I do want to be an outlier. I don't want to be part of the part of the whole gang but uh, uh, a piece that I read years ago by the writer Joseph Campbell and he wrote The Power of Myth and The um, the Hero with a Thousand Faces uh, and it's just a simple thing that's actually picked up a lot of steam and I always bring it up with young people and that's follow your bliss just whatever it happens to be now in my case I follow my bliss of a little too far a couple of times. You know what I mean? You have to follow a lot of different blisses, but follow your bliss is something I, I always think is worth uh, living to. What about for you, Molly? You ever have something that Yeah, I've got a, sort of like a life philosophy, uh, embarrassingly, that I found on Pinterest mm -hmm. that it was like a sticker. It just said, every sunrise brings new promise and every sunset brings new peace. Basically just that, like, you know, every day is a new day and you got to sort of look at it Do you feel like that. that way, though? I do. I Like, in some, I mean, yeah, in, in, in some way. I, mm -hmm. I do feel like, you know, the, the beginning of a new day feels new and the end of a day feels, you know, like things are, you know, winding down. Did that help you get through your seven-day war vacation <laughs> in Israel? That's what kept me going. <laughs> now, let's look around the room and you look at these guys. Do you think any of our guys have something like that that they follow? Is there something like that? I feel like deep, deep, deep down in Shelby's soul, he's got a motto. I'm going to think more of a Chris Stanley. Oh. And I'm going to think, I might be wrong here, but I think there was something that was said in rock and roll that might matter to Chris Stanley. Shelby is, in my opinion, afraid to hold anything Precious. So I doubt that he has it. But let's go to Chris Stanley first. Chris? Mr. Warren Zevon said, send lawyers, guns, and money. The shit has hit the fan. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> that that <laughs> makes zero sense to what we're talking about here. That's just a great lyric by Warren Zevon, but very, very uh, little. Um... Here's uh, Kyle. Kyle, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Yeah. I, uh, first one, I guess, kind of a hokey one, but it rings true with me. Uh, you know, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Uh, I'm a fishing boat captain, and, uh, and it's just every day is a blessing being out there. Where, where, where do you go? How, how long out do you go? Uh, we're usually out for like 
five days at a time, home for two. Uh, we go out to like the continental shelf, like 200 miles out. Wow. That's wild, dude. 200 uh, miles out. out there. Get to see some crazy stuff. Like what? What have you seen? Uh, like pods of dolphins and whales, just like thousands at a time. Oh. Uh, the, the water is just a different color of blue out there. It's just... Uh, it's like you're uh, living in a movie out there, man. It's great. That is unbelievable. And, and and this is something that you decided early on, I just want to have a gig that I love every day. That's it. Uh, just that. Kyle, you got to go in. You, you got to pick something up from us. All right, all right, all right. Um. Let's switch around and put uh, Chris on that because he knew where we were going with all this kind of stuff. I want to I want to keep this bit plugging, moving. It's uh, living like Tito, living like Tito, and the excitement factor of what gets going when you do decide I'm going to make this life uh, count. Uh, Tommy and Indiana, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie, I just want to talk about, I was a teenager, it was like 1992, I think it came out, it was Henry Rollins talking from the box, and he was talking about his dead friend Joe Cole, who was robbed in a, in a home invasion. And he said, you know, I figure you're not here for very long, it's a cash and carry world, so kick a lot of ass while you're here. And I know that's kind of stupid or whatever, when you hear that as a teenager. But I'm here's the thing, Tommy, why do we always turn around and apologize <laughs> on know, something that moved us? It's like when people say... Oh, you know, I I have this um, piece of music that I love that you know I'm embarrassed by. Why? Yeah. If you loved you're, you're, it, why uh, why would you have a guilty pleasure? Why would your pleasures bring you any guilt? Uh, well, all this got uh, started because we were talking about um, Tito, the man who started Tito's Vodka, and he came in and was on the show, and I ended up. Uh, Talking with a lot of artists, film directors, writers, novelists. But sometimes you can forget that the real American dream is that American businessman dream. That if you stick with something that you care about, try to make it great, try to do something different, try to put your stamp on it, uh, you can turn things around. Um, James, James, what's your philosophy? Yeah. Basically, like, uh, karma's a bitch, so do it right the first time. If you don't do anything wrong, then it can't come back on you. Uh, let's go over here to, uh, by the way, Kyle on line four is the big winner over there, if you'd like to get his, his information. John in Kansas. Yeah, I can remember this clear as day. I was in high school, and my friend's dad owned a business, and my friend was all worked up about something. His dad, as calm as, as ever, just said, son, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. That's a good one. And then did he give you the P.S.? It's all small stuff. I've seen that T-shirt. Kendall in Texas. Ron, I grew up in a, a evangelical church and the youth group and all of that. And uh, when you were saved was a big deal. And I, I just could never rectify that in my mind. And, and I understood grace and I believe in God. And there was a, a Christian singer by the name of Rich Mullins, and I really dug a lot of his poetry of his of his lyrics. And and um, he was being interviewed one time, and they asked him. So when did you have your salvation experience? And he got kind of quiet for a second. He said, I hope to have one every day. Huh. So and, every uh, day that, he wants to be saved. He wants, he wants to renew that relationship with God to feel that grace every day. And um, it really changed my philosophy on religion and, and life. 
ever since. And that was 25 years ago. Do me one favor, Kendall. Lay on me your version of grace. What's grace for you? Um, grace to me is being able to breathe. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, to me, grace means that uh, every day when I screw up, when I wrong somebody, um, or if I just forget or neglect somebody, um, I fail. And uh, grace is the ability to uh, keep going in spite of failure. And people give us that grace. They allow us to keep being in their lives. Uh, my, my belief is that God gives us grace when we failed um, in, in, in life. And um, it's just a matter of allowing us to continue that relationship when we don't deserve it. You know, here's what I always find interesting, too, man, when you brought up about being there for other people, is I don't know of a religion in the, wor- in the world, or even a strong philosophy who doesn't put it out there, it's like that service of doing things for people is where your own satisfaction come from. Yeah. I mean, mine has come different because it's strip mining, and I just feel like if I get, if I open, those al- uh, open up those mountains and rip all that ore out of there, uh, it's a better shot for me. That brings you grace. It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito on the Ron and Fez Show. About eight years ago, I quit and uh, started my own kind of energy consulting business to leave that corporate world. For me, it was a big jump. I quit my job to start the handkerchief shop. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. And then at 32 years old, I had my first amateur MMA fight. Then I finished the guy in like two and a half minutes in the first round. I had to walk into my boss's office and tell him I was quitting to start a band with my old friend. Tito's Vodka is probably the best vodka I've ever had. I'm originally from Russia. They call me the Russian. Visit them at titosvodka.com. Hey, Colleen, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hi, Ron. It's yeah. the Hannah Lady. How are you? Hi, the Hannah Lady. Good. How's it going? The very pretty Hannah Lady. What's up with you? Well, I... Always, um, well, I had read Joseph Campbell when I was in my early 20s, but you kind of reminded me to follow my bliss, and I was a music teacher for years, and finally, three years ago, I quit my day job to do the henna thing full-time, and I've been loving my job every single day since then, and just have been doing it, so. I love it. I love it, darling. Thank, thank you so much for calling us. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's living like Tito. Tito's a guy who started a vodka company in Texas, which seems like, I don't know, the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I certainly... You know how people will say stuff like, I did stuff and everyone told me that I shouldn't? Yeah. I would have been one of those guys going, dude, vodka doesn't come from Texas. But what's always interesting is that it's about a product, but then it's about the life that he built around that product and other people could build their lives about it, around it. And uh, the entrepreneurism in the United States is always interesting to, uh, to me. Um, here's uh, Jason. Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron and Fez? Yeah. Hey, um, what theory I go by, well, philosophy, I'm sorry, is uh, either get busy living or get busy dying from Shawshank. Because when I saw that movie, I had broken up with a girl six months earlier, 
and I was in the funk and just not even, I was like, in a, you know, just in a haze and I didn't want to do anything and I was just, just being a bum, you know, living at my parents' house, being a bum, and had a crap job and, you know, once I saw that, once he said that, it, it sparked something in me and I was like, you know, I, I got to do something. I just can't, you know, also feel like I'm in prison, you know, I kind of got you know, free from that. I, I love the fact that, that you really can pick up things from fiction yeah. all the time. Uh, here's um, here's Kent, Kent in South Carolina. Hey, guys. So, hey, um, mine's uh, from a uh, song, you know, Neil Young, uh, Rust Never Sleeps. I think that's a good thing just to kind of, you know, keep in mind. Here's the, uh, another line from that song about, you know, Better to burn out than to fade away. Let's uh, move over here to um, to Kevin in South Carolina. You're on the Running Fed show. Hi, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, I saw a Billy Joel quote in Time magazine many years ago now. I liked it so much I cut it out and taped it to my mirror. He said at a commencement speech, know what you love and do what you love. If you don't do what you love, you're just wasting your time. And uh, I like, I got two jobs. I like one a whole lot, and I love my part-time job. So What's, what's the part-time what love, job man. that you love? What's that? I'm sorry? What's the part-time job that you love? Uh, I'm in auto racing. I've been a racing fan my whole life. I work like minor league, you know, dirt track races, and I can't wait to go to that job every weekend. It's just, it's very fulfilling, and you know, I deliver. I drive all day. I like, I like what I do. You know, so it's. I had a job once when I was first married. I hated. It. I was like, I'm wasting my time here. I quit. I told my wife I quit my job that night. And she's like, What did you do? I was like, I'll find a job. I, I was miserable there, so I quit. <laughs> so it, it worked out, but she was a little annoyed with me for a day or so. So I just wanted to tell you my story, Ronnie. Thanks, my man. Here's Dave in Ohio. How you doing, Dave? Good. Yeah. Um, this is not a, a, an employment-type story, but uh, in the 80s, uh, I was still living at home. I was probably around 24, 25 this guy DUI got up probation, had 365 days or 364 days hanging over my head if I got in trouble again in a year. New Year's Eve, I get another one. So before I go to court, I figure I'm guaranteed going to jail. I wait, fill out my W-2 form, get my income tax back, to, and flee to Florida with no license, big junk Chrysler car. Move it, move down by Largo, uh, Indian Rocks, sleep in my car in the Winn Dixie parking lot for a couple of days until I find a car and everything, or find a place to live. Went to Derby Lane, hit a trifecta, moved to Indian Rocks <laughs> Beach, stayed there nine years, seemed like it was like spring break for nine years, and got all my license back down there, motorcycle license back, everything clean. Now I'm back in. Columbus, but eventually I'm going to move back to um, Florida, and you know, every day it was like Hooters Radio and YNF on the beach. Sure, bro. All right, my man. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Here's our buddy Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny, how are you? Good boys. How are you? No, I know. You, I, no, I, I know. 
I'm going to say this. You're a guy that never really looks like he's working, and yet you put in a lot of hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I put at least 60, 70 hours a weekend, to be honest. It's, uh, you know, so you got to find a balance there. And I, I kind of have two, and I, I said one earlier, and it was it's it's actually something that our company, it's take time to be kind. And I'm, I'm a karma kind of guy, and I'm not always the kindest, but I, I do really work hard at trying to be nice. And because I, I just believe in the whole universal karma thing. Um, you know, that's always been my thing. Uh, but the other thing is, is uh, and I literally, I'm going to, then you're going to laugh. I got this out of a fortune cookie at a point where I was trying to make a really big decision in my life okay. about my surgery and my weight loss surgery. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And literally, as I was shoveling Chinese food into <laughs> my fat face, I opened up a fortune cookie and it said, do not be afraid to take that big step. I laminated it. It's in my wallet. I carry it with me all the time. And it really is, you know, sometimes people are scared to take the big step and you fucking do it, man. Leap and go. And you know what? If you fall, you fall and sometimes you land on your feet. And, you know, so that that's always been. And, you know, again, I almost kind of take that as karma to begin with, where, right. you know, the right message came at the right time. And, yeah, I know it's from a fortune cookie, but. But you know, why would that be any different than if it was anything else? That's the thing about being awake, right? Like, if you are looking for answers, you'll find them. You know what I mean? Like, if you are saying, I'm looking around for the answers, even if you have no spiritual belief at all, at least it's your brain looking around to see, how can I make this thing connect into my own life? Yeah. So, obviously, that's going to work for you. But, Johnny, you must eat a lot of fucking Chinese food <laughs> that day, too. <laughs> yeah. And, now, here's the irony, right? You couldn't eat that cookie today. I can eat, like, most of the cookie. Most Probably of most it? Most of it. Yeah, well, he had, his, he had his belly cut out. Yeah. You, you, how much it's weight did you small, lose, though. Johnny? Uh, 185 pounds is where I've kind of landed at 185 pounds down. I'm kind of, you know, I'll go up like two, three pounds here. Right. Lose That's more there. than my entire body weight. Yeah, I know. Don't rub it in. <laughs> that wasn't a compliment. This is what, uh, everyone yelled at the same time. But this would have been like if you would have had Molly wrapped around you wherever you walked. <laughs> it is <laughs> Just like a belt. <laughs> it's bizarre to say there's some people who do that. They're like, you know, just grab 185 pounds, throw it in a backpack and walk around with that and see how you feel for the day. And it's like, how do I do that? I wonder how long you could even last of carrying 185 pounds around till finally you say, I have to drop this. I can't keep doing it. It, it's it's weird to think about, yeah. And I don't know why no one ever told me I was that fat either. I always look at pictures and say, how come no one said anything? I don't. Fez said it constantly. I, I tried to tell you. You just weren't listening. All right, thanks, Johnny. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito on the Ron and Fez Show. About eight years ago, I quit and uh, started my own kind of energy consulting business to leave that corporate world. For me, it was a big jump. I quit my job to start the handkerchief shop. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. And then at 32 years old, I had my first amateur MMA fight. And I finished the guy in like two and a half minutes in the first round. I had to walk into my boss's office and tell him I was quitting to start a band with my old friend. Tito's Vodka. Is probably the best vodka I've ever had. I'm originally from Russia. They call me the Russian. Visit them at Tito'sVodka.com. Anthony, Anthony, you're on the Ron Fez show. What's your big philosophy? Hey, guys. Um, I always wished that I ended up watching this movie like earlier in my life. 
the line is act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Uh, uh, and that, I know what it is. It's Fast Times, yep, Ridgemont uh, High. And I like, this that. is great. Yeah, um, and I was, I, I always to me, was like, dude, if you act like that, you're never going to be unhappy wherever you are. But it is, it is incredibly, and I've always remembered that line too, uh, just for myself, because it is true. You're doing pretty fucking great wherever you are. If your car is broke down next to the road, that is at least an experience. Yeah, it can be up to you. You're stuck in the DMV. What are you gonna do with that time? The whole thing is, I'm. You know, when people say I'm bored, what? Yeah. What? You're on the planet Earth. You're one of the few living, thinking things in the entire universe. If you can't find something to do, it seems like you're fucked up. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Tom in Oklahoma, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie D. This is Tom the Cop in Oklahoma. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, my friend? All right. Hey, first of all, that phone screen you got, he's the best one I've ever talked to. He's real pleasant, real nice, a uh, real, real good screener. But uh, one of my things I've always lived by, got me through 20 years in the Army, is to always do the right things, even when no one is watching, because they usually are. Now, when do you always feel like you're doing the right thing and when you're not doing the right thing? Well, like when you're, uh, I'm reverting back to the Army again, when you're uh, doing a task that you're by yourself and you know it needs to be done. And you can you can cheat and get it done quick, or you can do it the right way the first time. And uh, that's always I've always tried to do it the right way the first time, and you know avoid a lot of extra work later on. All right, I appreciate it, my man. That reminds me of this um, Buddhist thing that I read one time, which was the basic philosophy was chop wood, carry water. Right? That. That if you do those simple household things, chopping wood, but doing it as well as you can, carry water, uh, and you do it right, you're kind of in step with the universe, your higher power, your version of God. By doing your simple uh, chores with the right intentions, you find a place in peace. And I was always curious about that until this year when I took up cooking. And now, one of the favorite parts of my day, every fucking day, is preparing the food. Mm. That thing, even more than the cooking part, which I used to love to grill, and I thought that that was cooking, but this thing now of dicing and getting everything together. It's therapeutic. I don't even know why. But, you know, it's just such a really great part of the day. And then I always go back to that piece that I read when I was a kid and I'm like, damn, I wonder why I couldn't get it then. But now I think I know if we did it today, it would probably be called wash dishes, vacuum the living room. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. You can sometimes find those things to be very peaceful. Or if you're the type of person to keep a list and you're just checking them off as the day goes along, you're like, oh, that's another big victory for the home team. Yeah. Picking up on it. Uh, we like to do this every Thursday, and it's called Living Like Tito. And the big part of this for us is finding that place of making it a better life. Um, let's move over here to uh, Paul in Tampa. You're on the Run of Fez show. Paul in Tampa. 
Let's move on again. Let's go to Chris in New Jersey. Chris, New Jersey. Yeah, Ronnie, I got this uh, quote that an old football coach told to me in high school, and it's kind of stuck with me. I'm not sure where he got it from. But the quote is, the reason most people fail instead of succeed is that they trade what they want most for what they want at the moment. Huh. All right, I want to give that one some thought because, you know, you got to be pretty goal-oriented. But at the same time, I think you need goals with inside that goal. You know what I mean? Like, I would hate to have the goal of, in five years from now, I'll finally feel good. I don't. You know? I think it's kind of like what you want most. Like, you know, the higher, you know, the high, the better things in life. Like, you know, having a family or like, you know, being happy and being able to do what you want versus like in that moment wanting to do whatever. Like, well, if they if they interfere with each other, I think. Well, you, you two have... were telling me your hopes and dreams. Yeah. And one of them you said is to finally do it with a black dude. <laughs> Now, that is gettable. That's something that you could do and do today. Mm. You could get that off your list. Across the hall. And, right. And then, as you put it, teach your mom a lesson. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because you get it twice. One, one, the amazing fun that you're going to have having the sex. And then, two, the look on your mom's face when she finds out. Look who I was with, mom. Yeah. You satisfied? Living, living Like Tito's brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. It's America's original craft vodka distilled six times from 100% corn and naturally gluten-free. Visit titosvodka.com. Handcrafted to be savored responsibly. Distilled and bottled by Fifth Generation Incorporated, Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Here's uh, Turtle in Iowa. Go ahead, Turtle. Uh, Maha, buddy. Um, Maha. Years back, my wife and I, we adopted a, a kid from foster care. He's African-American. And at times, it seems like he would just do things to really kind of purposely get under our skin, like almost being actively stupid. Right. And it would you know, it would get to the point where I would see him just walking down the, the hall and look for a problem and look for something to jump his shit about. And my mother-in-law said something to me, and it's kind of guided me since then, and it was, don't hunt skinny rabbits. And, you know, just kind of let him do his normal things, and if there's a real problem, a real issue, then you go after it. But don't get on him, you know, day in, day out about every little thing that I was doing. And if you'll let me, I'll try to outdo Chris Stanley's lyric, and it's, I've been from Tucson to Tucumcari to Hatchapee to Tonopah. Cheers. Driven every kind of rig that's ever been made. Uh, I've never heard Don't Hunt Skinny Rabbits, but I love that yeah. now. It's like a different version of Pick Your Battles. Um, well, but particularly here with the kid, I mean, a lot of Pick Your Battles is one, you know, about, for me, is always fights that you can't win or don't need to. Right. But the thing of, like, when parenting, it's really hard that balance and not being the dick parent and then also not yet and not being the guy who's not paying attention yeah how do you feel like you know you you, don't in each moment do you consider is this like going to be important in the scheme of things or it's sort of like after like the reflection thing i think that you i think with raising kids and you want to be a mother right yeah i'm going to give you the best philosophy i ever heard in my life And it comes to us from a little band called 38 Special. And it will always help you when parenting. 
and that is hold on loosely. So you got to be there, but you can't be suffocating. You know what I mean? Um, Here's uh, Dan. Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, how you doing? Dan yeah. calling. Listen, you know, I, I was like the C student, and my, my brothers and sisters were like going to the super private school while I was the total F up and went to like the bust out school. My dad used to tell me, C students run the world, kid. And I'll tell you what, Ron, God bless Joe Shields, he was right. Well, I know the last two presidents were pretty much C students <laughs> Obama and yeah, Bush. They winged They, they uh, you know, but. Um, uh, that's uh, that's an interesting philosophy. A lot of times, because there's a little more to life than just you know studying, and it's what you do with it. Uh, but I remember Patrice O'Neill in the Unmasked, who brought up uh, that it's the front of the bus kids that end up greenlighting stuff in Hollywood, and that he is the back of the bus kid, and he always felt like they were getting uh, even with them. Um, and now I'm trying to think of another comic, I can't remember the one, we'll have to look it up, who said, you're either pussy now or a pussy later guy, <laughs> when you're younger. When are you going to get it? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over to Paul. Paul, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan, how are you, sir? Good. Yeah, a philosophy that I learned from my father-in-law a long time ago was it's never so bad that it couldn't be worse. Hmm. Um, my mom used to give me, you're lucky enough. No matter whatever came up, you're lucky enough. Uh, Fern, you're on the run of Fez show. My philosophy is it's better than the alternative. No matter what it is. Well, and particularly in growing older. Yeah. Because it's better than the alternative. I'd rather be my age than dead. Hmm. It's really uh it's really funny for some reason we have this incredible youth culture, right? Yeah. Where we think that we peak basically in high school. But if you think about it, most civilizations you were probably dead by the time you were 30, you know? So why would we even think that that was the more interesting point part of life? Everything's just been skewed. And I say, I, I would think now college is now, is replaced high school as the peak years for a lot of people. For the upcoming generations, they'll say college was my years. Though that That's it. After that, it was all downhill from there. I think it's because people, I think people's values are all a little bit messed up when, when they say that. Like that you had a great time in college because you were able to kind of party and you were just responsible for your own self. But I mean, you know, I know that I'm, there's a ton of things that I don't know that I'm going to learn as I get older. And that's something that I'm looking forward to. Just like being able to not be crazy all the time. But also, you you hang out with a bunch of weirdos, yeah. and you want to get away from them. I mean, that's going to be such a relief for you to get away from the problems, kids. Mm. Yeah, they're constantly on Molly, just going to shows. Her name is Molly, so it becomes really confusing the way you say it. Um, hey, CJ, in California. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good. I'm with you on the Blue Apron thing, man. It really is a it's a, a great I love way to, it. to ease it. It's just really something I look forward to every every night, and, and nobody else around here appreciates it, but it's something that I do for myself. Um, you know, I've owned my own business for 20 years. I don't know what it's like to work for somebody else. I kind of always been fly by my you know my own 
my own rules. But I, my, my base philosophy is to see, just see things as they really are. A lot of people, they want to put things, they want to make them bigger than they are. They want to make, they, they want to put a lot of drama into just everyday things. And I think you just have to see everything as it really is. Um, and, and you'll ever, you'll see that not everything is, is terrible. And it's never, it never turns out the way you fear it's going to. Um, and also, progress equals happiness. You got to keep progressing in anything. I don't care personal life, business, social. What um, kind of business you have, CJ? What's that? What kind of business you have? I own a I own an energy drink distribution business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, I've got vans out on the road uh, all over California, and uh, it's very competitive and it's very cutthroat. But it's mine. You know, I, I own the distributorship, and I'm my own boss. And man, it's it, it's, I don't know how people can work for somebody else. You know, after you've been, after you've worked uh, for yourself, I, I don't know. I would how never be able work to work for my bosses. Else. That's for sure. I don't know how I'm doing it. Uh, CJ, <laughs> uh, you're yeah. going to pick up a, a win today. I love the story, and it is true that when it comes down to some of that stuff, I can't believe how many times I'll act like things are bigger than they are. Yeah. I'm the type of person that if I'm out at dinner and I see somebody else's dinner looks good, I feel like, well, I just made the most giant mistake in the history <laughs> of the world and nothing will ever get better. The, a lot of times I'll say, take this knife away before I cut my throat with it okay. because I did not order that veal. I fucked up. It's just maybe yours will be just as good. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <sighs> Can so I just have a piece then? That. If it's not, you know what I mean. Can I just have a little bite off of yours? Because I do like to eat off other people's plates. Because I feel like it makes a nice communal night. I hate that. You hate when someone eats off your plate. I, I mean, you can be like, "Here's how it works." You offer some of your plate, and then the other person is, "Oh no, thank you." But do you want to try mine? That's how you're supposed to do it. Not with the extendable fork. That's just not my style. You know what? <laughs> you're a tight ass, man. We're really <laughs> picking up on this. <laughs> You know what? You're the type of person that counts slices. You ever see that person? Oh, yeah. They're counting slices, and they're going, there's three, all right, there's three of us, and there's only seven (laughs) slices. Someone's going to get the extra slice. Hey, what should we do? Should we cut that into pieces? No. Eat fast through the heat. That's what you got to do to get to that last slice. Be willing to blister the inside of your mouth. That's my philosophy. Um, Hey, Jr. You're on the Ron and Fez show. How you doing, buddy? Hey, doing well, Ronnie B. Proud to be in the hometown of Tito. He's such a uh, inspiration to us Austinites, and um, he's just a wonderful person. And uh, my uh, philosophy, which he, he helps shape as well, is, is gravitate to goodness. And that's the, the when when I I know that I'm human and I'm going to get out of whack a bit, but I know that if I gravitate and continue to have that pull back towards things that are good, it's all going to be okay. And I challenge myself to see that in others as well the internet is a, is a, is a crazy place with that now where just the, the the fights back and forth and the snarkiness there but even then i just wish that all of us could assume positive intent and assume that all that everybody is trying to come from a good place and things because um, there is so much to to be thankful for in this world that's for sure and tito's is uh, certainly one of them thank you so much my friend um Let's go over to uh, Brian. Brian in Houston. You're on the Ron Fed show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. So uh, I was a kid, and I was having some trouble in school. I don't remember exactly what the problem was, but I'm sitting at my desk doing some homework. And uh, you know the old adage, when one door closes, another one opens. Hmm? And I started thinking about that. So I wrote it down, 
I said, well, you know, that's not really the thing. The thing isn't when one door closes and the other one opens. It's having the courage to turn around from that door and go find the next one. And I wrote that down. I put it up on my wall. And my mom came in uh, a few hours later. And uh, she goes, who wrote that? And I said, well, I, I did. She goes, that's pretty good. And so I uh, <laughs> I go, well, now I'm you know 13 years old. I, I can't write philosophy. Mm-hmm. But uh, much like uh, Hard Rock Johnny's ironic uh finding a philosophy and a fortune cookie thing i I keep that thing with me pretty much wherever i go and and uh, just kind of live my life that way you know i appreciate it dude 866 ron zero fez 866 ron zero fez here's joel in boston you're on the run of fez show hey buddy um i have a background uh i guess in finance if you would i went to college for it and the only job i ever got fired from i failed my series seven twice and uh I, I thought the world was over, so I ended up getting a, a job in retail, actually, for a, a big luxury uh, house, probably the biggest in the world. I was there for seven years. And, um, four years ago, I started my own uh, luxury hand goods, handbag and leather goods company. It's all hand-stitched, so and all one of a kind. Uh, I meet with the client directly, and we design exactly what they want together, and it's one of one. I never make the same thing twice. And I just got a really cool story uh, picked up by Forbes, which um, things really make things start starting to roll now. So it's pretty cool. Uh, a story about your business in Forbes? Yes, sir. Uh, what's the title of it? We'll go look it up. Uh, my name is Joel, J-O-E-L, Storella, S as in Sam, T-O-R-E-L-L-A. Yeah. And Forbes and, uh, just put it in this recent issue? It's online. Uh, they did it in May. All right. We're looking it up now. And uh, but that's got to be amazing to get that kind of uh, bump from Forbes, huh? Right, it's crazy. He, uh, it was real. I was so pumped to get it, and um, you know, it's it's not for everybody. I mean, a lot of my friends, um, you know, and a lot, I come from a small town, so people think uh, a little bit different of, of me now, just because of the price points. But I don't, I can't make more than you know ten or twelve pieces in a year. And, um, you know, the, the clients that I have can shop anywhere in the world, but they, they shop with me because together we create exactly what they want. I mean, they could go to whatever country and buy whatever they want, but I will, I even, the project I'm working on right now, actually, I work a lot with exotic skins. I have, um, uh, alligator that was actually custom colored for the client's liking. So, I mean, the, the sky is the limit and every, again, everything's hand stitched and it's such a, a dying art. I'm, 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 uh, self-taught with the hand stitching aspect. I mean, I've, I've done 12 years now of, of trial and error and trying to figure things out on my own and, um, you know, here I am today. And it, coming from a corporate background to doing this every day what I love it's I mean every day is like a gift Joel I'm looking at your $11,000 backpack (laughs) that is fantastic it looks cool this is first of all you're a big winner today because this is literally living like Tito yeah because what I love about it is you found a market where one doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, that market wasn't there before, <laughs> and now it's yours, and yours alone. That's fantastic, dude. Thanks, thanks, buddy. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's not like uh, I'm driving a Ferrari or anything, but, um, you know, it's one step at a time. And if, if I can just, uh, if I can just live and, and, you know, be happy, that, that's really all that I want. Alright, bro. I'm gonna send you into the big ass prize closet, uh, for living like Tito. These are my favorite kind of stories. Always. Always. 
a guy in a small town making leather goods for people all over the world. The weird thing is, like, he didn't even have to leave his small town, but then he's got to show his neighbors. Um, <laughs> here's something. Check it out. Yeah. You guys want to buy one? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think of that I, I'd fill up with that was gold bricks. There's nothing I would think, what am I going to do with the $11,000 backpack? You guys want to finance this backpack? I have options. Um, here's Matt. Matt, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, happiness is a choice. Um, I got it? told that. I was going through a shitty time in my life. Just kind of ended up being a dickhead. And when I finally realized that it was my choice to be happy, everything started going good. I admit this, though. I do need a certain amount of asshole time a day of just being a fucking negative little bitch. (laughs) I try to do that away from people. Some days here at work, I do it very loudly in front of people. But I do feel like, you know, you do want to experience all the emotions. Chris, how much time do you think you find in assholeness? Oh, of of my own assholeness? Most of the time. I feel like I'm I'm a dick most of the time. But also, at least three hours a day of it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the time you're on the air. And the way you talk to your listeners is awful. Um, they attack me. Here's TJ. Do you know who else says that? Right. You're from the philosophy of Bill. Says. Uh, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, By the way, people are asking where to see some of this stuff. Go to joelsterella.com. joelsterella.com. Um... And check that out. Uh, it's really, really cool stuff. Beautiful stuff. Uh, also, link the we linked the Forbes article on Twitter if you'd like to see that. Uh, go ahead, TJ. You're up. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Good. Good. I got something for you and Fezzy both. As far as Fezzy, when things are going bad, and you, I know you do it, you look up, you go, what can go wrong next? Quit doing that. I quit doing it. Things got better. And Ronnie, I know you're a good parent, but you won't know you're a good parent until your children grow up, move out, and become themselves. If they're good, that's the day you'll know you're a good parent. It is. Uh, it's. It's. It, there's so much truth to that that you just really have. I honestly find most parenting just to be luck. You know what I mean? When I see what some people have to go through, I'm like, I would have failed miserably. Because <laughs> I'd have knocked that fucker out quick. Is it true that parents wait for the day when their kids say, like, you were right, thank you? No, I don't thing? think it's... I think they're far too exhausted to hear that, you know? <laughs> they don't wait for anything anymore. I think that you can find out if you're a good parent once those kids start to have their own kids and the direction that they go in. Because you know you want them to improve even upon what they were taught, you know, it's a weird deal. It's a it's 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 a weird deal to be a parent. It's a weird deal to be a child too. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing to have parents. I always thought of this too. Like, you ever like go home for Thanksgiving and you're like, is there anything other than family that would get this weird group of people <laughs> where there's old people, young people, there's babies, there's 
awful people that you wouldn't want to hang. You know what I mean? You would never have anything to do with. And then you're like, yeah, I'd hide them from the cops. You know what I mean? Like, no matter <laughs> what comes up, that weird link that you have. Just people that you have literally nothing in common. And, and, and But you know what always kills me? Is the people who go out and find family when they're adults. Like, uh, I was watching this thing. Who's the guy who uh, did the, the catchphrase, are you ready to rumble? He's the, Michael Buffer. All right, well, his brother uh, also was a ring announcer for the other league. The, for UFC. And they didn't find each other until they were adults. They're completely tight now. They seem terribly different than each other. There was just something done on one of the sports programs. But what killed me was two guys, probably in their 40s, didn't know about each other, found out that they were brothers, and became... Incredibly close. Like, I got to be around my brother. You know what I mean? No. Like, that's my brother there. You're like, <laughs> what is it about family? You know? Yeah. Look how mean your sister treats you. She's awful to you. She's all messed up. But all you time. love her, right? Yeah, I do. Even though, who's made you cry more than her? No one. Who's physically hit you more than your sister? Not a soul. In this Isn't earth. that the weirdest thing? I used to hate that. I used to think that it, like, because you talked about this last summer. Remember you talking about how it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme? That the people at the top right. say family's the most important thing, and then all the young kids think, like, well, I got to drive Aunt Judy because family's the most important thing. <laughs> right. And then eventually it's you at the top. But then I think, I don't think it's as linear as that. I think it, it can also go, like, in sort of a web. In what way? Like, I think, you know, when I'm up at college in Boston, I have family. Um, like really distant family out there and they'll take me to dinner they'll let me do my laundry at their place I think I think that you know it depends on the family and it depends on the person and and it also depends on where you are now when, it's funny that you said that I remember when I was like 10 or 11 years old my parents put me on the plane they sent me to Mississippi to be with family this wasn't really even family right they uh a woman had married my grandfather years before. My parents hadn't even met her till my my uh, till my grandfather had died. So I go to see these people that are essentially strangers, but linked through this one thing. They couldn't have been nicer to me. Yeah. The world couldn't have been more different. Like, Mississippi and Philly were, like, <laughs> two different planets in those days. Like, I showed up at a place going, whoa, <laughs> is this how people live? You know, this is the way they talk, the way they eat, the way they interact. But I, but I was thinking, like, this odd sort of bravery. My parents going, yeah, we're going to send them over to you. You know, You'll we'll see. Them. Yeah, you'll put them back on the plane, send them back here in a couple of weeks. It's so strange. And yet, you know, it couldn't have worked out for me any better. These these people were like family to me. Yeah. It's weird that we worry more now than, you know, certainly they did back in those days. Um, Nathan, Nathan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, Ron? Hey. Um, I uh, have not actually executed it yet, but it's coming up real soon. Um, basically, I've uh, I've been uh, on nerve for the last ten years, and I wanted to do comedy and started about three years ago. Did uh, you say you've been selling herb? Yeah. Okay, so you've been dealing pot, and now you want to pursue comedy. Well, I've been doing it for the last three years. I opened up for DeRosa and a few other like decent people. 
Yeah. And and things have been progressing well, and I finally decided to go ahead and uh, cash it all in. I sold all my contacts and everything, and uh, liquefied everything, and I'm leaving in August to do it full-time. Where are you going, L.A.? Uh, no, Jersey. And I live in Hoboken with a buddy of mine who's like the only black comic in town. He's been doing it for like five years. And, uh, yeah, got to roll the dice to play the game. Well, here's the thing, though. This is, works out kind of great. Is you can pursue both these things. You can be a stand-up and continue to sell herb. It's hand in hand. I know. I know. I've done it for a while. But yeah. the thing is, uh, I, I'm uh, like, there's only so much I can. There's only so much I'm I'm able to do in the area that I'm in. And I want to have a lot. I want to be able to do like five mics a night and stuff like that. Do you know also, a lot of New York comics? I've met quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you get um, to town, get in touch with us, and we'll bring you in. Okay. Okay, Shelby got my name wrong, so that's great, too. So Shelby, stop helpful. fucking up, what dude. The fuck? No, it's actually a good fuck up in this case. <laughs> yeah. All right, make sure you bring yeah. a taste for Chris. Yeah, come uh, on. Yeah, you know, hey, Pepper Hicks, I'm bringing all kinds of treats for you, baby. Yeah. All right. And there's mail. You never know. You never know. There's mail. FedEx. You know, yeah, you FedEx stuff. DHL? Mm-hmm. Is that so? yeah. Uh, uh, you guys are awesome, and thanks for taking my call. All right. And uh, maybe you should write some stuff. Maybe uh, this would be great is to tell your story, write it up, and we'll put it on the iBang. That'd be really, really cool. Um, here's Chris in Atlanta. Chris, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, how's it going, Ronnie? Hey, guys. Send them. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I'm in the business of high end consumer electronics, many of which I cannot afford myself, and two philosophies that are related to one another that have helped me to be successful is to never sell out of your own pocket and price is only an objection in the absence of value. Alright, now explain to people what never sell out of your own pocket means. Just because you can't afford the item that you're selling doesn't mean somebody else can't or that they don't want it. Alright, dude. I love it. Thank you so much. Here's Bradley in Buffalo. Hi, Ron and Fads. Yeah. Um, would you like to hear my philosophies first or after my story? Well, I'll tell your story first. Okay. Uh, well, I got a job at a cancer research facility, and I was working there for about three or so years. I was working down in cage processing where they assemble cages for the mice and stuff. Uh-huh. And I kept um, uh, telling my bosses I'm interested in working with the animals because that's what I went to school for. And uh, one day my boss came down and said, you still interested? And I said, yeah. And uh, he took me up to work with the woodchucks. And um, I did such a good job working with those animals that they kept me on, and I've been working with them for another three years. Now, what do you do with the woodchucks? Um, I clean their cages, I feed and water them, and I check them for any abnormalities or anything like that. And what? And then what's the philosophy you got out of that? Uh, my philosophy is from Mr. Derek Nope. <laughs> be nice to animals. It's hard for these guys to move around, huh? They're a little nervous. Well, well, well. Talking about philosophy, look who just walked in. Jeffrey Gurian. Whoa. Hey, I can't even manage you. Hey, how are you, man? How's it going, man? Good. How's everything? Everything's great. 
Really nice. You know, they're not even bringing you in like they used to. Have you noticed With that? With the music? I know, they're forgetting. Yeah, but, they're, they're, but they used to come out, bring you into the place, set you up. My team, well, i got to tell you this. This is Molly right here, and she's turning Hi, Molly. How are you? Molly's going to turn things around for me. She's going to be my right arm. Well, I think it's because they're, they're so used to seeing me. The people at the desk, like, why don't you have a pass already? They you should to, have a pass. <laughs> the security people, like, I, they have to keep printing these things out for me. They're like, tell them to give you a pass. That's like, true. It doesn't seem to be that easy. Um, but what happens when you're in here and nothing can run right outside, Chris? Uh, maybe maybe the, my cell phone's fucking up because I texted. I, texted I don't know where to room. put everybody. I don't know... Who should be playing right field, left field, whatever. But we're doing Living Like Tito's. He's a friend of ours who, he changed his whole life. He started making vodka in Texas and had never had any kind of business sense of that and went out and turned things around. And now he's got this big successful thing. Vodka but, in Texas? Yeah, it seems impossible, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, he wins these awards. It's bigger than Russian vodkas right now. Now, we're talking about philosophies. Mm-hmm. And you seem like you travel with quite a few. Do you have one philosophy that works for you? Yeah, if it's not fun, I don't want to be there. You don't want to be there if it's not fun. If it's not fun. It's got to be fun, really. I think, yeah, there's too much seriousness in the world. You know you know me well enough to know that what I'm about is I want to put positive energy out to the world. I want right. people to play, man. Like they did, like when you were a kid and people would come to your house, they'd be like, could Ron come out to play? Yes. You'd be excited. It's fun. People do that. And people think they have to stop doing that just because they grow up and do responsible things. You still can have fun and play. And that's a philosophy that I try to live by. Molly, do you still go out and play? Um, not really. I know when you had your friend down, you guys were running around the city and you were having a good time. Yeah, yeah, I guess in that sense we do. It's not, yeah. we're not playing hide and seek anymore. No, but I don't mean going to the schoolyard and going on yet. the swings. I'm talking about, yeah. and if we do that, don't yeah, push me roll. too high, okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm trusting. I don't push me too high. high. Until the swing almost go over. Yeah. <laughs> go over the back. to pull out. Yeah. <laughs> I was what never that brave. you go out and have fun? Do you go out and play? I mean, at bars, yeah, that counts as play. That's sad. It's sad the way you put it. Yeah. I think going to the he beach lives is vicariously like, through others. That is right. a big part of Chris Stanley because even there he sits and stares. He's not one to start singing or move. He doesn't move at all when you go out with. Well, that's him. why people watch sports. Yeah. That's why sports are so big. People live vicariously by watching other people do things. I don't You're get not, that. You know, you couldn't. It's the Stanley Cup right now. Mm-hmm. L.A. Kings woman. Chris Stanley Cup? Yeah, it's the Chris Smart. Stanley Cup. <laughs> uh, He's so humble, though. You'd never know that he It's did, the NBA did. Finals. Yeah. That's happening tonight. And in a week, the entire world is watching World Cup soccer. You couldn't be more sporty than we are right now. And do you know that I don't know one of those things? I didn't know any of them were happening. I have and seven I, TVs, so I can really? watch them all. <laughs> I should probably be embarrassed to admit that, but I've learned to own it. No, I don't get it. I don't. Don't you have a lot of other things you like to do mm-hmm. than watch people do stuff? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I like mixed martial arts. I love watching stuff like that, uh-huh. and, you know, and that's interesting to me. But I can't see sitting like following teams and knowing all the players and reading about their lives and. And then one day you read what they do in the paper, and you're like, it destroys you, their image. And it's you like, got to you know, jump around. You got to go from I comedy club. I need to jump club around. That's to what I do. Club. Yeah, I'm now, out. This is an actual thing in comedy that if you like Jeffrey Gurian, this is a known fact. You're a good person. 
And if you don't like him, you're an evil person that doesn't like to look at goodness. That's dark. what I was told. You're that's a dark lord. By more than one person. Well, that's an interesting concept, and it's a very nice thing to hear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I, I like to... I don't know. I just want to have fun, man. And if that rubs off on people, and if people get that from me, then that's cool, because that's what I want to put out, you know? And there's a lot of haters in the world, you know? Hey, but what can you do? What have the haters got to do? Haters got to hate. That's true. Those, they would be haters. They yeah, have to That's do their it. job. Yeah. It's like hecklers. You know, hecklers stay home all day wondering how they can try and fuck up somebody's show. You've never heckled before? Have I done heckling? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm a, yo. I'm, I'm a well-known heckler. That, right. job, that joke is not strong enough. <laughs> I heckle people <laughs> on, on the subway. Yeah, you exactly. You want that out more. I thought that joke would go a little better. Right. Change the premise. Right. Look at that. Tito Beveridge has the best job in the world. That's the iBang uh, thing. Tito Beveridge. So that's the yeah. guy who, who invented the... How do you invent like a drink like that? And then even if you do that, how do you convince people to try it? This is what... This <laughs> is you exactly knock on people's the doors. <laughs> you know? This is exactly you know? the story. I know you're he, happy with what you're drinking, but just try this. And It's like, exactly you know? true. I mean, he had to go out bar by bar and store by store to get people to carry it. It's a very competitive business for corporations to get into and then he did it by a person so as a person That's he came huge. in and, and told the story I, mean, I was just fascinated with it no it's huge but I was, huge. I'm always fascinated I know you got a lot going on in your comedy career which you kind of made up from scratch you're not promoting the new thing that you're doing right now, I hope to be soon. I'm going to be the ambassador for something really huge on. Uh, is it France? On the internet, it's <laughs> right? it's, a, it's a newly developed country, right? It yeah. doesn't even have a name yet. No, it's going to be something really big, and it's going to involve a lot of people. It's it's news, entertainment, comedy, and people are going to the public at large is going to have a chance to They're participate. They're going to go crazy. They're going to go. I crazy think they are going to go crazy, down. and I'm going to be able to talk about it. Hopefully, in the next few days, I'll break the news on this show. Do it, but then everything what, hasn't been signed yet, right? No, it, it hasn't been signed yet. But when Fezzi does my promos next week, hopefully he'll be able to say, and Jeffrey Green is the ambassador to this new thing. Right, say that, Fez. It's something new for you to do. Uh, you know, Fez is going to be, you know, talk about just a guy watching. Tonight he's going to be watching The Last Comic Standing while I'm watching basketball. But he's going to be commenting on the iBank. And he's a guy that you don't like to push yourself, right, Fez? You no, won't I guess do, not. No. You won't do a plug for Fez, right? No, I handle it for everybody else. Why is that? Don't you think I you're good shy. enough? Don't you think that you're deserving enough? See, Fez had a very uncomfortable day yesterday with a comedian who came in here. Who was it, Fez? It was Jason Nash. Do you know this scumbag, Jeffrey? Don't no, say no, it. Don't, I don't call anybody. No, nobody does. Very, very funny. Is, yeah. He's a West Coast guy. Yeah. Very, very funny guy. Long listener to the show. He came in yesterday. Can I admit that, though, that there's someone that I don't know? Is that all right? Well, you don't, you don't know all the West Coast guys, <laughs> no, I, right? No, I know a lot, but no, I happen not to know him. So tell me the story. What happened? Well, he came in. He's a fan of the show, and he tried to fix us a little bit. He tried to get me and Fez to be better friends than we are. He's trying to figure out the show. He tried to turn Ron against me, Jeffrey. Fez, I'm already against you, so that's not <laughs> fair. Now, but Fez doesn't want to have the kind of conversations... That help, and you know, sometimes if you're living a life of honesty, you got to lay it out there, mm-hmm. good, bad, or not, so you can. Which move is not on easy to do, though. Not yeah. easy to do. Right. Fez and I try to suppress our feelings towards each other, shove them down as far as we can, and then act like they're not there. And then hopefully we'll grow a tumor. That's our. <laughs> 
own philosophy. No, but I'm always amazed at how honest Fez has been on the air, talking about such intimate details of his life All and putting that thing. out there. How he feels about Ron. He will not get to the bottom of that. He's never once said to me, Ron, you're wrong, or I, I disagree with you, or wait, Ron, you're talking like an asshole right now. Well, he's just honoring the fact it's the Ron and Fez show. Mm. So, why so would you he... think he's doing it perfectly? No, I, I, it's, it's not whether he's doing it perfectly or not. I understand the mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. But to try to you keep things. A very nice spring scarf today. Thank you, man. <laughs> you have, you're very stylish. He's very, very stylish. He's he's probably our most stylish. Well, he and Chris Stanley. Are, <laughs> we're we're in tie. We're, we're my summer flannel. You know what? I swear to God, Chris. And yeah. it's a clean shirt, but mm-hmm. it looks like you were in the washing machine with it. It looks like me. <laughs> I take a long. I'm not good at folding. His shirt is perfect. He's wrinkled. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> but the shirt, the shirt is perfect, though. Yeah. But you are a very stylish man. Thank you. Well, I think it's important. It's you're living part of like Tito's. Which is, you're living like Tito's, which is, is plug. brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka, distilled six times from 100% corn and naturally plug. gluten-free. Visit titosvodka.com, handcrafted to be savored responsibly, distilled and bottled by Fifth Generation Incorporated, Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume. All right, so we're, Jeffrey was just saying that I didn't honor the Ron and Fez show. Fez does. By well, maybe he does honest. it out of respect, that he doesn't yeah. want... Because what would be the good? Let's say he commented something. I mean, how would that, how would that be helpful in any way? I am, it's a good point, because I do, I'm furious that he says sometimes I wander away from the mic. He finally <laughs> came down to that. And I just don't think that it's true. Yeah, it's I don't. You're off it right now. <laughs> and now you're going back into a bit, though, instead of being fucking honest, Fez. And I would love for you to be honest. I would love for you to say how much that really bugs you when I do that. It's an annoyance. Really? Because it, it sounds weird in my ears. Really? Do you want to know what sounds weird in my ears? What's that? Silence. For the other fucking three hours. See, it doesn't work. No, it works. I know where we are now. Jeffrey, you were right. Press it down. By the way, he's always got a little pocket square, too. Always. Let's see. <laughs> nice. Very nice. It's important, man. The you ladies take... love him. <laughs> the gotta... ladies love Jeffrey. You gotta take, you know... You have to take the time to develop a persona. Most men dress like they don't give a fuck. You know, like they don't care. It's like the way they wear their hair. Why, mm. why, why? Most men wear their hair like they're embarrassed for having any. Well, what about this you know, guy? Almost he like an apology. But, but he's got way, great hair, Chris he's Stanley. He's got great hair. hair and Phenomenal. And he covers it under thick a goddamn hair. baseball it's cap. It's very it shiny. Very it looks good. Amazing, healthy looking hair. It's very healthy. Thank you. But he's keeping it on the DL. I w- by the way, you're seeing the doctor today, right? Yeah, I'm going to the doctor. For what reason? I have a laundry list of shit. <laughs> Like what? I had to get blood work done for my vitamin D levels, and then my knee popped out of place on Sunday, and oh, it's been go. killing me. Man. And my shoulder's been popping out of place, too. Chris has... What, what are you doing? What are you doing in your <laughs> spare no, time? I'm freaked out. That's your Chris knee has, and your shoulder. Chris has what's known as a blowjob knee. <laughs> and yeah. Which had, means... Jesus uh, no. oh, been on oh, his knees. That's, oh, that's why I don't <laughs> suck it. No. <laughs> knee pads, that's what you need. No. Something, some kind of protection. That's weird, though. Your shoulder and your knee. Yeah. Two major joints. 
Those are the only two joints two major, you haven't used up yet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> two major joints is how he leaves the house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how he starts his day, with two major joints. Oh, there's a piece out. I'm trying to think. It might be up on the iBang already about this um, writer for the New York Times who tried... Which one was it? Maureen Dowd. Uh, Maureen Dowd, who's a very stuffy kind of writer. Dowdy. Yeah, she Perfect is. name. She is. Right, perfect name. Uh, well, she ate some marijuana candy. Unknowing. <laughs> unknowing. No, she knew it. She was like, oh, I'm here in Denver. I'll try some of this. She ate some, ended up in her hotel room, first thinking that the cops were coming, <laughs> and then thinking... I died and everyone's afraid to tell me. Really? Which is like that really bad high place that you uh-huh. go. Oh, fucking yeah. meltdown. She that's totally now, lost meltdown. her shit. Huh? Now, all you weed heads say that that's impossible to happen. I've never. That you don't lose it on weed. There have been and that high I was with, and I, well, I don't want to bring it up because it gets very annoying how I am with the mic, but I had a, a, a great story to repeat for the millionth time. Well, but tell us. One, say no, it's, on, I didn't uh, hear it. It's, you know what? The thing is. Say it. Uh, I don't. But one time, me and Fez got dosed with cookies on the air mm-hmm. down in Florida by this little old lady came home with cookies. Serious, a little and, old yeah, lady, <laughs> and I had them laced with fucking weed. Did you know? I, no, I know. When I I started to I, <laughs> at a certain point, I was like, oh, that's weird. I mean, another one at, of those cookies. <laughs> it was Fez yeah. and another producer. Just I saw them because they ate it with me, and they were giggling in the fucking corner. <laughs> and, <laughs> It just got stronger and stronger and more powerful, and then Fez thought he was in an insane asylum, and I was I was trying to give him the the all that I could bring to it is a, it's your own head you got to ride that snake, and then b we're gonna put on the blues right now put on your headphones <laughs> we're gonna listen to John Mayo, but there are some people that their their heads are a little weaker Chris they can't handle it. Now, I got a question. I never had pot cookies, but when you have one, do you pass it around? No. You just eat it like a snack. <laughs> Everyone takes a bite. But for some and reason, you pass it ingesting it that way. Yeah, because um, it, you, you eat it, and then it goes all directly in your stomach. It goes directly into your bloodstream. It's more yeah. powerful than if you smoke it. Yeah, you're more high for longer. Now, am and I it crazy? it gets in pretty quick, too. I'm sorry. Closer to the mic. I said it, sorry, <laughs> I said it gets in That's pretty too quick, close. too. Step back a little bit. <laughs> But here's the thing, Chris. When you take a fucking hit off a joint and you're eating it, it's even more powerful. Oh, and they, now, now you're doubling down. And now you're just... Yes, now you're doubling down, I guess. <laughs> you're fucking... You're <laughs> saying it like this is an obvious As thing. As the expert said. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but then if you had some juice, like pot oh, juice... Oh, God, I love some. You could put some under your tongue. That's the fastest a, way to get anything to the body, under your tongue. That's Sublingual. very, very true. Yeah. That's, a lot of doctors give medication under the tongue because it gets absorbed that quick. Nitroglycerin, that's where you take it. I you always know, dropped it in my eye. I just I, dropped nitro, it in my eye, Nitroglycerin? Yeah, yeah I always feel, feel good gotta that way. you got to be it doesn't explode, though. I don't care. Your... <laughs> it doesn't bother me. You don't care. No. It's part of the you know, You're a tough guy. Then my eye blaze. Then, you know. The then eye my... bang. That's where they got the name from. That's the eye true. bang. You put nitroglycerin in your eye bang. That's it. Boom. You got Let's it. Let's make a sight here. Eye bang. Cool. Um, but, so Chris, you don't think that that's going to fuck up some people? I don't think it's going to fuck up people to the point where I think I'm dead and I'm a you ghost. You just saw from a regular straight lady... Ate it and thought she was dead, but everyone was afraid to tell her. Which that kind of shit always makes me laugh. So the moral is stick to smoking, the, right? Yeah, stick to smoking, or even some people get weird on marijuana. Some people do, some people don't. I never found it to be a pleasant high. I like real drugs. You know what I mean? The serious, yeah, stuff. 
I like drugs to make you go, I'm on fucking drugs right now. <laughs> <laughs> then you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa. Whoa, yeah. why? Why did you get on so many drugs? <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you stop this? Or have you always been on drugs? Are they going to wear off? Yeah. Or am I, this is it. <laughs> am I staying here? This is what I am now. But, you know, I know some marijuana people that are literally high all day. All the time, right? All yeah. Day. And some people yeah, smoke weed from the moment they get up in the morning. But some people even when they don't get up and smoke weed, they still see it because they, they've smoked so much weed. They, <laughs> like they're on weed. They're fried. They fried out. And now with the vaporizers you can just smoke all day long or no matter where you are, just however you want. You said our music department vapes a lot of fucking marijuana. Is that true? Yeah. Well listening to music and why have they bitched you about it? <laughs> Not yet. Why are you afraid? <laughs> There's vaporizers going around, that's all. Write down some of the people. Maybe they have a chest congestion, that's all. You never know. Can't assume it's drugs. See, that's the thing about you. You're always trying to find a nice, even thing. You, got, <laughs> you went and fixed me and Fez from yesterday. And it's, it's nice. He brings he brings goodwill to people. I want to bring healing energy. That's I, mean, what I, I have no do. idea who you're bringing in today, and that's very exciting. Oh, I, well, I know the, the other person. My was, first guest was me, and I almost couldn't make it because I'm very hard to get in touch with. <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> out for you. I kept calling you myself, and I wasn't and there. Your line was busy. I wasn't there. Right? <laughs> your line was busy. I just I, I came through at the last minute. Yeah, I have a very special <laughs> guest today. Okay, she's coming from a shoot, and she'll be here soon. All right, I'm just going to point this out. Yeah. Everyone from the metal channels <laughs> vapes marijuana. <laughs> Everyone. I will guarantee you one person who doesn't. Who's that? Eddie Trunk. By the way, talk about a guy who lives like Tito. It's Eddie Trunk. He does whatever. No, doesn't do whatever. <laughs> he sticks to a really strict format that he more or less invented. And no matter what happens, no matter whether the market is up or down, Eddie Trunk finds that market he's amazing that way he's the only guy out there who talks about metal music and has been doing it for like 20 years mm. he's like you with comedy mm -hmm. that's how he is with he metal. jumps around with metal with metal yeah he's got his own tv show he's got a satellite show he's got a terrestrial syndicated show um He's making lunchboxes, heavy metal lunchboxes. So I got a lot to do then to yeah. catch up to. You do. <laughs> I got to get to work. Is there like uh, a dream for you? Jeffrey Guardian, is there a Guardian dream? Oh, that's a hard question. I mean, I don't have a specific one. I feel like I'm living the dream, to be honest with you. You're living the dream. I'm having fun every day, yeah. really. I'm, I'm enjoying things, you know. I have a long gratitude list. And I think it's very important for people to be grateful for what they have. You know, I, I once heard this saying, and it, and it really stuck with me. It said, happiness is wanting what you already have. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of things that I want, but, you know, and hopefully I'll get things. But, you know, I'm happy with what I have right now. It's cool. I'm doing fun stuff. See, I, I keep see a, a list every people. day. I call it my to-kill list. Yeah, and, uh, your, yeah. Uh, your ungratitude list. Yeah. Good news for you. <laughs> Things you're, you're angry right about. now, Jeffrey. Molly, you're not on it. Oh. Uh, Chris, about, yeah? how's it going, big man? Oh. Where are you going to be later? At the doctor? Yeah, I'm going to be the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Do you think that there's something really wrong with you? I don't know, but just it feels like it's a fucking breakdown. Well, it's weird that your joints are popping out. That's yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, that's odd. Do you work out? Is that why your shoulder went out? <laughs> Look no. at him. Look at him. 
<laughs> no, because the those bar is joint. my fucking workout. <laughs> I mean, if workout... Lifting heavy drinks. If, if, if workout know? is screaming, why me, for 40 minutes, then <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> why is this happening? I, do, I think it gets everything moving. <laughs> oh, and I, I fucking... I bled, I bled from my head yesterday in the office. I cracked it against the fucking... Uh, Chris, I, I'm going to admit something here on the air. Yeah. I'm concerned about you. I worry about you. Don't. I love you, and I've you. seen what is happening to you <laughs> since I've known you, and I'm concerned. Well, I'm, that's why I'm going to the doctor. Mm. I'm trying to take care of myself. When's the last time you went to the doctor? He goes a lot. Years? Oh, that, you no, do? he goes oh, yeah. a lot. Because that's important. I think when I thought I had pneumonia. Was about six months ago. Yeah, and all that he had to do then was shut the window. He was like, <laughs> he, he oh, forgot. What are you trying to say? The, the fucking frigid air is hurting me. Yeah, you kept. He had a broken window in his house, right? That he wouldn't fix for two years. Yeah, as well. For two years. Yeah. It was a two two went two hard winters. Were you just yeah. making a statement? I refuse to fix this, or was there a reason? What do you mean you wouldn't fix it for two I, years? I just I worry about the uh, landlord coming in because they don't like me because I live They're in a coming co-op. through the window in your building. <laughs> that's there's, that's yeah, a tough landlord. Well, there's nothing they can do to get you out. Yeah, I, eventually I I, re- I realized that it's um, a co-op. You say? Yeah, it's yeah. co-op, and right. I rent. Oh, okay. No, that's the, that's perfect because they will have to buy you out, and now yeah. everything's on your side. Yeah, it's nice. But now, like, there's a bunch of people on my floor trying to get me in trouble for smoking cigarettes in the apartment, which is driving really. Me oh, it's one of those buildings. Co-ops can be a bitch like all that. buildings are like that in New York. No, everybody worries about who's smoking. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Very strict. One of the people in my building says to me, "Would you stop giving cigars to the kids?" <laughs> and I actually said this. I go, "The nerve of him! Don't they want to be cool?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people hate smoking now. Chris, why don't you vape more? <sighs> Try, but it's just not the same. And in my own home, I should be able to light a cigarette. Jesus Christ. I pay rent, don't I? You know, I don't I, know. In her, it, <laughs> I, I do, don't know. I do, for real. But I'm just saying, I can't attest to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that you probably pay rent sporadically. It's not always on the first, but it gets there. Shelby, come in and... Uh, I know you don't like to plug your stuff, but come in and explain to Jeffrey, this is a comedy show. You've been to comedy shows all over the world. Yeah. You've never been to a comedy show like this. I'm willing to say. Was that you that just rang? I, I think. Is it high tea for you? High tea. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I was wondering if it was my next guest, but not yet. No, I was just... That's why I left it on, because I told her to text me when she gets here. Can I just ask hey, Shelby, this? how are you? Is your next guest you again? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, it would have been. I told yeah, her It would have been, but I left town. Me. I have a gig out of town. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have loved to be here, but I... Unfortunately, I passed away this morning. That was what it was. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. you know what? This looks like some kind of a make-a-wish thing <laughs> where Jeffrey's going to be a big brother to him <laughs> and teach him what to do with his hair. Uh, tell Jeffrey about the comedy show that you're going to tonight. I'm sure you've heard of Stand Up New York. Sure, of course. Great club. One of my favorite clubs, yeah. Have you heard of The Dark Show? I have not heard of the dark show. Tell me about it. It's a stand-up show it's done all in the dark, completely in, in the, the dark. dark. I was Pitch just black. guessing of it. I thought that's yeah. too stupid, and I was just making something <laughs> up. It was really done all in the dark. It's all. It's Luis J. Gomez. I know Luis. Very funny guy. We did it's Robert Kelly's podcast together. Big J, Dan Soder, Mark Norman, all doing stand-up entirely in the dark. That's a great show. That's a great lineup. But in the dark, could I go? I, if I go out and bring a flashlight. Yeah. Do you know that there was a restaurant? 
that had that theme, All oh, in the Dark? Oh, yeah. Because they said the food, that? Yeah, the food tastes different. And I thought it was just a joke, but it was serious. How do you serve food in the dark? <laughs> it's like... Night vision. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy. I don't know how they bring the food to you. I think they like they probably just bring it out with its light with a flashlight, something up. like and that. They're like, be careful, the plate's hot. It should just yeah. all be sandwiches. Otherwise, how soup would be impossible. <laughs> no, that's part of it. That's just, the excitement. Just it just kidding. looks really well, like, sketchy. There's too. a TV show now where they set the stage on a 22 degree angle, so people are sliding all over. Did you? Oh uh, yeah, see that? I haven't it's seen an it yet. Improv but. show. I saw it for a minute. I already forgot about it. I saw it like three weeks ago. America people are did. running out of shit risk. to do, so they're creating like weird. You know, a show in the dark. Those guys are going to be funny whether it's light or dark. So, I mean, it's a Even safe bet. Even if you're you know? laughing in the dark. Now, the thing is, you should heckle because they wouldn't know who they won't did know it. They won't know who it is. Use right? a different that's a, voice. It's a safe place. Just be you. like this. Hey, you're not funny. And then just sit back. <laughs> nice gloves. <laughs> are you in the show, Shelby? Christ, he hates you for that. No, I'm not. No, What's wrong with the audience? Shelby? Yeah. What? What's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm great. Yeah? You seem a little off today. Peachy. Mm, I don't know. Did your head get smaller? Is there something I should worry about? No. Okay. God, I don't think I so. I just worry. Did it get bigger? Yours did, and you smacked it on that All cabinet. Right. <laughs> you want to go you know fuck what? yourself. How does that happen? Look at a if, person's if head If you would have done smaller. your head would have fucking goddamn caved in on itself. Like Beetlejuice. That's a good look. So what's this call it again? Just the dark show at Stand Up Labs. It's right above Stand Up New York. Oh, it's not in the club. It's at the labs. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. They do a lot of podcasts up there. And Fez, what did you yell out? Um, I don't remember what I yelled out. I thought you yelled out a title. Oh, uh, Riss was the name of the improv show where the stage gets on crazy slants. Risk? I, I, I believe. I think it's Risk, isn't it? Uh, I think it's Riot. Riot. Riot, I think. Oh. Yes, you're right. Riot. Four yeah. letter R word. I'm sorry. Oh, close to the mic. <laughs> Closer to the mic when you're talking. Jeffrey Gurian's here from ComedyMattersTV.com, and you can subscribe to Jeffrey's Comedy Matters channel on YouTube. I'm going to. By going to YouTube.com slash Gurian News Network. Mm. Thank you, Fez. GNN. GNN, all the news that's fit to dance to. So you say you did like a little play on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like Funny. a little play on it. Um,. Yeah, I got over 300 interviews there now. Is that right? Yeah. Like, Jimmy all the Fallon, all the Hanna, a lot of, lot, of, lot of fun names. Yeah, it's been really fun. And I've got, uh, wait, wait till Montreal this year is going to be great. You know what I just thought? Risk is Kevin uh, Allison's podcast. He was here a few weeks ago. Do you know him? He's from the state. No. Does a show here in town where people go up and just... MTV's go. the state? Yeah, MTV's the state. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, and then he, he does a show where people just get up and tell stories. And it's been around for a while. There's yeah. sh certain shows where they're like storytelling. DC Benny did that years ago. There was a place downtown. Storytelling is a fun thing. Yeah. I saw DC Benny on TV the other night. He's got a great old school kind of, you know what I mean? Yes. It's almost yeah. like he's adjusting himself like Jimmy Cagney. Oh, he was on Last Comic Standing, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, that's I right. think he was the Last Comic Standing. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, they're all down there to now. the end. We still in like the prelims tonight, Shelby. The last comic standing. Yeah, get the show started. No, enough. <laughs> enough prelims. Yeah, it's on tonight, right? Do you like uh, when they pick which comic is the best, or do you feel like it should just be out there? 
Well, you just view well, you know, comedy. comedy is so subjective. I mean, yeah. you know, people have their favorite comics, and you're talking about such a short set. It must be very hard for them to pick what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, in that moment, because a lot of comics have like stuff. You know, everybody has their favorite material. Whenever I'm a judge at anything, I only use one criteria for judging, and that's looks. And that's even if it's like a, I had to do a thing for a science fair, and I said I give it to the cute girl over there. That makes sense. She wins, and they're like, she got an incomplete. I go, I don't care. That's a tube top. <laughs> And that, to me, is science. Now you just put up a bunch of pictures of Jimmy Cagney <laughs> as we roll along. Nice. Last week, uh, a girl named Zainab Johnson was mm-hmm. on Last Comic Standing. And then that same night, I went to see Keith Robinson's special that Kevin Hart produced. And Zainab opened the show. And it, it felt weird because I had just seen her. I had never seen her before. She came out in a little midriff top. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's adorable. Yeah, she's so cute. She shaves her head and she still looks great. She has a beautiful smile. Yeah, yeah she's um, exotic. That's very the term I was looking for. She's a very exotic looking very person. Very exotic looking. And she, now, she I know that this. you were at that show because I saw it on Twitter. Colin yeah, Quinn Colin. tweeted out yeah. a picture of you sitting by yourself in an arena. <laughs> I didn't see, and I had my glasses off because I was reading the paper, and I see better without them. So I'm sitting there reading. I didn't know he took a picture Wait, of me. You see better without your glasses? Without my gla- Isn't that weird? Yeah, I'm at that point where I can see better without them. So when at I'm reading... At what point? That means that you don't... Why do you ever <laughs> I don't put need glasses, glasses on? <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> I'm wearing them since the third grade. It's just I couldn't be without them. So I take them off, and I don't know he takes a picture. Yeah. And then I look up. I didn't even see that he had come in. I got there early. And then he's like, I just... He's like, what's your Twitter handle? And I didn't ask why. And then the next thing I know, he tweeted out, first person I see, Jeffrey Gurney. Oh, that's so funny. At Jeffrey Gurney. That was so nice. And he... Like, the whole tough crowd... Uh, crew was there supporting Keith you know who's all there but Ke- well Gary Goldman uh, Keith Robinson of course it was his show and you know what was cool about it Kevin Hart came out and made a speech in the beginning mm-hmm. that Keith was his mentor oh, and if it nice. wasn't for Keith Robinson he wouldn't be where he is today and I thought that was so amazing for Kevin to give him props like that because Kevin's huge now. He's so huge. And he didn't give any props to me. None. Not it's a, weird. What, he, he did, after the it's show, weird. he mentioned you. Say, that's not what but I wanted. he want didn't it. do it I went during. in front of everyone. And then Chris Rock was there and, you know, a bunch of people, a bunch of fun that's people. Great. It was a great show. Maybe, uh, maybe we do the Keith Unmasked. I met him down at that uh, other thing that was done for the kids. All right, we got a break here. We'll be back. Jeffrey's going to have a surprise guest with him soon, too. Uh, and it's always... Uh, well, it's a fun Thursday around here today. I'm already picking up on it. We'll be right back. Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. It's the Ron Fez Show. Jeffrey Gurian is sitting with us and his guest today. A very special guest. Maybe. I'm going to go so far to say, I'm just going to give it away. My favorite person on the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, and a Susie lot of others. Esmond. Susie Essman. And we never yes, even had absolutely. sex. Yet. Not yet. yet. That, this that's is where yet. it's exciting. <laughs> this is where it's exciting. Because um, we were just talking about this in film. 
they want they married people they say have no screen chemistry, chemistry because they've already had sex. So a good director wants to push that you know keep them apart until. Finally, like, but you know what I find happens? These actors, they're such idiots. They they're playing a part, and then they fall in love. Yeah, but they're not really falling in love. Right. They don't even know who each other is. They're playing a part, and when you're on a film set, you're totally insulated from everything that's going on in the world. So then they get married, and then six months later they it split up. It, it, it's yeah. summer camp love. Exactly. Really, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Right. Oh, this is great. Yeah, we're in the same skit together, right? And then they, you know, they spend so much time together that they think it's real. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they do. They do, <laughs> they do think, think it's, it's real. real. Well, because the, unlike you, uh, uh, they live a, a life where they're just going from one character to the other. You have to come back and be yourself to do Correct. your stand-up. Yes, you know. But a lot of it's amazing to me that a lot of people that I think are brilliant. If you see them on a talk show or an award show or something, they're like devoid of personality. And and then what you know what else kills me is that anybody gives a shit. I can curse on this show. Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. That anybody it's, gives a shit. You must I mean, not curse twice. On this show. And the fact that to. shit is even a curse word has always been weird <laughs> right, to me. Right, yeah. But that anybody gives a shit what these people think about politics and right. yeah, they're, exactly, they're right. morons they half of them. Learn lines from a script. Well, like Danny and Aiello said somebody week, else's said, words. Well, that's what Danny Aiello said. He's, I'm only I'm only myself when I'm somebody else, right. something like that. Because actors live their lives being somebody else. By the way, he was so much fun last week. Isn't he great? He has got more stories. Yeah, Danny, yeah. and they're all about him. They're all about <laughs> him. The punchline is always, and then Danny Aiello walks in. Right? <laughs> he's, he's a trip, Danny. Now, uh, Jerry, he certainly is. Uh, I'm looking over here. You've got pictures lined up for a radio broadcast, which is great. <laughs> well, I hold them up to the mic. You yeah, know, sp- you they, this close. is interesting because they're doing. Uh, Danny Aiello, I, I just came from the Friars Club because they uh, were interviewing me for a PBS documentary on the Friars Club, uh, uh, Channel 13, not uh, PBS. And um, they were asking about the roast, and the first roast I ever did was Danny Aiello. And, that- and Joy was the roast mistress, Joy Behar, yeah. and that was the first female roast mistress in the history sure. of the Friars Club. Mm-hmm. And Richard Bell's, right then, his, his that show he did, uh, what was that show, Della Vecchio? That oh, Danny yeah, did yeah. on Della CBS. Ventura. Della Ventura. Ventura. Okay, yeah, yeah. Della Ventura had aired, just aired, and the reviews were just scathing, just scathing. Yeah. And Richard Belzer got up for his act during the the, the yeah. roast. He just read the reviews, <laughs> and Danny started crying. <laughs> it was so horrible. Right. And I'm looking straight ahead, and Joy said she couldn't look at me because she knew we'd get the giggles right. while he's crying. You know, because he had to feel for the guy. But the reviews were brutal, and Belzer's just brutal. You know, he just sure. read them right. straight out, yeah. word for word. It was hilarious. Yeah, unfortunately, it only lasted, I think, one season. That show. Yeah, they took it off. Yeah, well, well but he mentions it. Danny does talk about it. He does say. But then you have the pictures here of Jerry Lewis, and they doing a tribute tonight to Jerry Lewis at the Friars Club, which I they invited me, but I, I refused to go. Well, You're not a Jerry Lewis fan? No. No, um, and I'll tell you a couple of things. First of all, I never was before... I ever was a comedian. I just never thought he. Well, what am I French? I never thought he was funny. <laughs> and 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 now he out and out says with impunity that no women ever in the history of mankind has ever been funny. 
I take issue with that. Now, can can we give him a, a, a pass on just being an old man? Like no. this is something no. old people no, can't change. He's eighty eight you know now, right? Yeah. You know what? That's like reverence for the dead. If you were an <laughs> asshole in life, just because you're dead doesn't mean that you're not an asshole yeah. anymore. Now let's just try to figure out what Jerry Lewis gains from saying women aren't funny. You know what I mean? Like, what does he hope to get? That's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. What does someone gain? I think that it's just about, um, you know, being contrary. Right. You know what I mean? Being, I have opinions, and this is what I think, and... You know how he talks in that really slow way, and but there was always like those old school guys. Milton Berle was another one. They couldn't stand that anyone else got a laugh. Got but any them. attention? Right. So if somebody else yeah. was getting a laugh, it, it, like it it's very threatening, hurt them. Right. So and, and if this, you were writing for them, you couldn't really say that you were writing for them. They didn't like that. If right. anybody else got any credit for being funny, yeah. It was all about them. You they could write jokes, they but say you couldn't the, yeah. say they didn't like to give credit to people. But in those days, when they were coming up, there were very few women comics. Well, you know? yeah, that is true. And the ones the that day. they had, remember, even the women that they did had to really play it down and be dowdy. You Lucille know what I mean? Ball, like, Carol well, Burnett, they were but, beautiful well, women who played Lucille down Ball their looks. Right? Were not stand-ups. No, no, but Mary Mabley was yes, white but, heat. But but but, but Mom's Phyllis made, you, you look at Phyllis. Phyllis is a great example because Phyllis had to dress in those wacky right. outfits. She yeah, was an attractive woman, but she had to dress in those wacky outfits in order. You know, Toadie was fat. You had to be even. Joan, if you look at Joan Rivers, Joan was adorable but self-deprecating, and they put her in bigger clothes. Right, right. Needed to wear. I I feel as though the women in those days, either they felt it or, or in reality, they had to be self-deprecating in order to be accepted. They couldn't be out there and just be. I'm attractive. I'm funny. It, it it just was not an acceptable thing. But you know why too? In those days, people it was a more polite country. People were always taught to respect women, and it was, it's hard for people to laugh at women. Men make fools of themselves very easily. We go out on stage or do anything, and we expect you to laugh at us because men are jerks and they make fools of themselves. Women were always held in high regard, so it. it I think people felt funny laughing at women. In those days, and that's why I they, don't know all the women that we're talking down. about would slay, though. You know what I mean? They were, like, they were great. They yeah. were amazing, but they would dress down. They would take away uh, their look. They had to look plain. It's you, only you in recent up years. Tony Fields, I yeah. think she's she just hilarious. She was amazing, even ever. when she lost her leg. Remember? Yeah, she and Mom's Mabley was African American. It was yeah. different than you know. I mean, somehow that was more accepted because she was dirty, but that right. was more accepted. She wasn't some nice, you know, right. middle American white woman. It was just. It, it was just. I, I think if you were just a, a drop dead funny woman, it was a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Sure, in those no days, no question about it. But that was like that Mad Men thing that was going on. Like, let us do this. It was a chauvinistic world. Yeah, in those days. And, so you're yeah. you're not Jerry. That that trumps all with you. The fact that he goes, women are not funny. You know, I said, but then I don't know the. For 31 years that I've been on stage and all those people were laughing, were they lying to me? <laughs> <laughs> so you should go and say that to them. I so don't want to. Uh, I don't give. You know what I do with people I don't like or respect? I don't yeah. give them energy. Right. Mm-hmm. That to me is the is the greatest. It's like you don't you don't get my like, energy. You don't exist either. No. You just block them out. I dismiss. Mm-hmm. Dead, they're dead to you. <laughs> dead they to don't me. move. <laughs> now, Jerry, it's 50 years since this nutty professor he wrote. 
edited it, started it, directed it. I think it should have gotten some help. I think if he would add a couple more people in there, there are people in the comedy world that revere his comedy. Yeah. but I was never one of them, having nothing to do with whether or not he thinks I'm funny. This yeah. is, you know, I just never thought he was funny. What about Dean? His I love Dean's singing. Yeah, I love the way Dean sings. I always thought that Dean had a st- had great timing too. He did just really, really great. funny timing. Great timing, and he was also he was a, a decent actor. Yeah, he was. Jerry told me the story once. You know, I got to meet him in '86 when he was roasted by the Friars Club. I was assigned to work with him. And I got to spend two nights with him working alone in his hotel room, which was a really interesting experience. And while I was there, he got a phone call. They told him they discovered the gene that caused the Duchenne form of muscular dystrophy. And he started crying. Tears were running down his face. And it was an amazing thing because I was, I was the only person there. He was crying because he was out of a job. They didn't have to have a telethon yeah, anymore. I guess it could have been never that. <laughs> walk. You'll never walk, yeah. But, um, Did you ever see Gilbert's bit when he used to do Jerry Lewis at the telethon? And he would take ice cubes and throw them in his face for tears. <laughs> It was amazing. You'll so you go to the tonight? This, this, this would be I'm, like I'm, if, I'm if, if I said, if I said, you know, no, no Italian people are funny. No black people are funny. How does he get away with that? Just saying no women are funny. It's yeah. disgusting. Well, it's freedom of speech. Well, you know, no I one was just, it. No I, one, no, you know. He I, believes it. I was just talking about this yesterday when, because stuff about uh, gays came up. And then like most things I think that are supposed to be offensive to gays, are really misogynistic to begin with. Like, even a thing of gays, you're like, when you're a little kid, before you even know about sex, you don't want to be a sissy. Right. Because that's acting like a girl, girl, which is what it's about. So how do you insult gays? Oh, you're a cocksucker. Right. But isn't that insulting to women? Wouldn't women like this is the What's so bad about that? You're doing the lowest thing you possibly could do. Isn't that insulting to men? It is to say that it's the lowest thing you could possibly (laughs) do. Men are basically right, exactly. disgusted by each other. Right. Before yeah, right. They even exactly. Move along. You ever accidentally touch your friend's hand? You're like, but oh, shit, I'm sorry. In the history of the world, <laughs> I think that we do have to look at white men as if they were the New York Yankees. They got here early, they set it up, and they keep, they don't win every year, but they're always in the playoffs. Well, they, they so they how do you use the a sports world. reference? Yeah. They, they rule the world. <laughs> the, right white men rule the world, and white men now, I'm finding this, you know, I, I see this, you know, upstate where I live. White men are angry. Yeah. They're angry that, they're, that they're questioned that that yeah. that possibly a woman could be funny or a gay right. could be funny or or in control or whatever. They're furious because they're entitled. I know. And you know this entitlement thing. I mean, you have kids, right? Yeah. It, it, that to me is the worst possible thing you could do to your children. Is, is like what, is to give them a sense of entitlement. Yeah, yeah. I really think you're, you're raising horrible kids if you do that. Somebody told me that um, that that this kid wanted to get a job in the service industry in a restaurant or bar, and the father said, "No, we're not the kind of people to." You know, he's trying to say to the kid, "You don't serve other people. You don't serve other people." As if there's something wrong, wrong with that. Yeah. With someone who brings food to people. And by the way, I think being a waiter or waitress is some of the greatest training you can get in life. Right. In terms Especially of interacting, if you want to be an actor, people. right? Yeah. yeah. No, it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's very funny when you, th- for anyone to look over and like, oh, look at that garbage man as if it's beneath them. You're like, well, you know how quick the garbage would pile up yeah. and destroy New York City? You should thank that guy the way that you act like, oh. I you had know. this well, with yeah. my neighbor once. I had it was Christmas and we were giving tips. 
and we were talking about how much you give. It's always a thing. How much right. you give your doorman and mm-hmm. and the porter? She said, "Well, I don't, I give him much less." I said, "He takes care of your garbage. Right? Why do you give him less? He's clearing your garbage, not just opening the door. You should actually give him more." Right. <laughs> Well, it's amazing how people feel. Those kind of jobs, you really learn humility. Last night I was down at Del Frisco's with people from the station, and there was a, a waiter there, and somebody pointed out, this guy's on a new TV show. And they were kidding, and they said, really? Yeah, and he showed us he's on some big TV show coming out in the, in the fall after the summer, but he's working still as a waiter. And he had a whole resume of things that he's done. But he's still working as a waiter. I was a waitress for seven years. The last two years when, after I had started doing stand up, and I had this great boss, Artie Quartz. He's died, but um, he used to, he was he was an old bar mitzvah band accordion player. So he loved the fact that I was in showbiz. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, it was like right. six yeah. degrees. So he used to let me leave early, and then I would go do my late sets. And after a while, it got to the point of being on stage for a couple of years that I couldn't. I just couldn't. Do it anymore, right? And I remember because you know food brings out the worst in people. It's <laughs> yeah, a horrible people thing. Are <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. And I remember yeah. the, uh, the especially the, free food. Yeah, the le- yeah, the yeah. day I quit, this woman was being just horrible to me, and and I gave her I gave her her uh, American Express thing, and then I threw the pen at her because she was being so nasty and demanding to me. And I went to Artie and I said, "All right, you know what? I'm done." I just can't do it anymore. And that was it. But I did it for seven years. Seven years. And that's what Brit, you wouldn't be where you were today. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now you're playing uh, Levity Live in Nyack. Terrific, terrific club. You've been up before. Uh, It's tonight, tomorrow night. Not tonight, tomorrow night. Are we Friday today? No, today's, no Thursday. today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. It's tomorrow. Okay, Thursday. Friday tomorrow. and Saturday are there. I didn't know if we were taping for tomorrow. No, I never <laughs> no, know where not. we are. <laughs> I never know where we are in this. That's what happens when you have fun. You lose track of time. Right? Is that right? That's it. But you you were out last night in a nice restaurant. I was out at a restaurant, and then I went to the Woodstock Comedy Festival. But you say you were there with Gotham. people from the station? Yeah. <laughs> I work at the station. I like to go out and have a nice meal. Well, you weren't there, though. Especially you, a nice you, steak. Yeah, no kidding. And on the company dime? No, no. Oh, damn no, it. Definitely not. No. <laughs> That's the one I like to go. Let's grab that credit card and we'll all go yeah, out exactly. and relax. <laughs> Fez, you go out for the big dinner? No, I was not part of this at Chris, all. you there? No, I wasn't there. So who'd you go with, Jeffrey? I don't know if I'm allowed to say Why aren't you allowed to say? Well, I mean, you have an illicit love affair? Names. Nick and Tim. Oh, nice! And they just happen to point out they recognize this waiter as being in a in a show. It's like some either a show or a big movie. And I thought to myself, wow, that's really a sign of humility. You get this thing and you're doing good stuff, but you still have to keep your day job because you got to pay the rent, you know. Sure. And, and it's a weird feeling for him, I'm sure. He's working as a waiter in a uniform with a little bow tie and stuff. And but you know, you're on your way to doing something big. Like when that thing finally comes out in the fall, that might catapult him into a whole other category. You should have got your picture taken. I yeah, should have. Like I tried, but he had, like, he had a picture like, he with everybody. Like the photograph. He was delivering oh, God. <laughs> well, Ron knows. Now, here's the thing, Ron though. Open. Someone brought this up to me, and it was true. When you ask people to take your picture, you always say, from the waist up, please. Is that true? Yeah, because they look weird when you take the whole ones. I always like the way... People want to see your face, not your shoes. It's not a fucking fashion show. It depends on what well, kind of women, shoes you have Women on. like that. We yeah. say, no, I want the whole thing. I want to get the shoes. But, but they say, you always say, from the waist up, please. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. 
That sounds a little odd, though. That is a little odd. Really? It sounds yeah. odd? See, I do a lot of odd things that I don't think are odd, but other people, when they hear them, like... From know, the waist up, please. <laughs> you get your... Now, are you crazy about getting your picture taken? With, do you have, like, a Jim Norton sense of obsession where I need to have my picture no, taken? I heard, Jim Norton has well, that? Whoa. I didn't know that. Oh, I was just, really Jimmy, uh, yeah. was was part of this Woodstock festival last night, and I heard he's got a new show here too. But yeah. aside from that, yeah, I take I pictures. I hate having my picture taken. I take hates. pictures because well, I love to capture the moment. Nothing. Besides, I'm not a picture taker. Yeah, like you know, if I go to Paris, for example, right. I don't want to take pictures. I want to experience. But you want to be in the moment. I do yeah. both. But you actually remember but, but, stuff. But when you saw when you my pictures, picture. when you came to my house, you're like, "This is amazing," because it goes back like well, I decades. Thought, I thought that you. I thought it was amazing is that your your home is set up like a comedy club, with <laughs> two <laughs> inches <laughs> apart. With these, I mean, it's set up perfectly. The walls are covered. Yeah, you know. Because it's always been interesting and have, to me. And you have candles on each of your tables. <laughs> I have a lot of weird shit. I have a lot of... He has two tops. He goes, look, <laughs> come on out. We'll have a drink. We want to sit at a two top or we want to sit at a four. We got both open. And I have a waiter serving who's in a movie <laughs> soon. Who's in a movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it captures what moment? Here's what gets to me, right? Mm-hmm. And no other situation would Susie and I be standing shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> yeah. smiling. Here's Ron and, and I. Yeah, it's a fake moment. No, because... But you can take pictures when people aren't ready, but then they're like, what the fuck did you do that for? Candid shots. You can take candid shots. Suppose I just went over, got next to Susie now, put my arm around her and just sat there. Everybody would say, but you know this what? is odd. Yeah, you know what's even odder to me? And people stop me on the street, can I take a picture with you? I understand that. People asking for autographs, that to me is bizarre. Yeah, I've never I have done no that in my life. Understanding, when I was a unless kid, you're yeah. a baseball player on a ball or something. I, I have no understanding why anybody wants my signature on anything. I, my theory is that goes back actually pre cameras. That people before they right, carried cameras, right. yeah. they go, I I have to admit I have to show people that I, I met, met someone. Yeah. That I met <laughs> someone. <laughs> da Vinci, would you sign this yeah. and draw a little something? Yeah. <laughs> a, a little cartoon. Yeah. yeah. A doodle. But isn't that that is the weirdest thing? And then I don't know what they do with that autograph. I've never been to anyone's house. They go allow me to show, to show you, the you my autograph collection. Yeah. There are people who sell them. There are companies that buy oh, autographs. Yeah. I never got. You know what? I, I never wanted anything. Guys, That's not for that reason. There's these weird guys yeah. that if you do a morning TV show, you know that that they're standing outside there waiting to get celebrity. Yeah. And they're weird. They're just like. Oh yeah, those yeah. You see, they them look like the homeless Sullivan guys, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're just they weird, for, yeah. strange guys and they know all about you they actually know who's coming on the show they know, and they have <laughs> pictures of you that they downloaded or something for you to sign i think they sell them maybe i don't know yeah they do. they're Could very be. bizarre people yeah yeah they, they they immediately put them out on ebay so they're not fans of yours no they say it's like can i get 12 bucks from you or whatever. and then they want to take a picture and touch you put their arm around oh, you yeah, that's that's not that's when odd. I write my blog, it's so helpful to me that I have photos of everybody. And if I'm writing about something that you did today, I don't like to use a photo that I took of you three years ago. I use something that's current, that I use today. But I always make sure that they look good of the person. And I take photos... From the waist up. It, always from the waist <laughs> up. <laughs> it's just interesting Everyone looks like me. Muppets in your pictures. <laughs> no, one has no, feet. no one has feet. It's just... I don't see the purpose. Because then they take pictures too far away, then you you can't see who's in the picture. 
What's the purpose of seeing a picture? You want to see someone's face, not their belt. But see, well, here's the thing: you that. think that they look good, but they might not think that. It's like if no, you. No, but often I'll check with see, people. Like, Do you somebody, like this? Is this okay? If somebody came in and took a picture of like twenty of us, immediately you look right at yourself, right? And you of go, no, "This is a terrible picture of all of us." We all look. We all look horrible. I'll right? tell you what else I don't do. I don't watch myself on TV. No. Oh, no, that's a nightmare. I watch myself on Curb because that character tickles me. And I'm so, you know, not myself. But if I'm being myself on a talk show, never watch, ever. It's very hard to do. Yeah. When when I'm editing my interviews, I can't. I have my producer do it for me. Uh, He calls me in to say, you want this or take this out or whatever. But it's very hard to watch yourself do something. Because you always think, oh, I I would have said this if I had the time. Maybe I, I could have said something different. and. You know, it's weird because I can't watch any of your interviews either. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I was cringing. When I like, went to oh, when I went so to Amy Poehler, I went, hi. My voice came out like a little girl. I was so embarrassed. I was like, hi, Amy. I felt so fucking horrible, and I was like, can I erase? It? And it's done. You can't because you now can't say, you've got this, this picture with Jerry Lewis, and you're taking it for him to see this tonight, was in right? Las Vegas. After right. after I, but are you going to show that to him and say, remember this picture of us? I don't know. I might. It depends. I don't even know if he'll remember. It's going back a long way. He probably but, doesn't remember anything. You know, who knows? Who knows? But um, You could probably fool him by saying Dean's here. That I'm his best friend. <laughs> I could fool him. <laughs> How old is he? 88. 88? Hey, yeah. 88 years young. It was my mother's 89th birthday the other day. Is that right? How's she yeah. doing? She's fine. Yeah. She's fine. She's, you know, a lot of complaints that I don't see where they're coming from. Well, she's Jewish. Yeah. yeah. Among other things. My parents are in their 80s and are just like a house of fire. It's amazing to me. Right now they're working on their garden. Oh, really? Massive see, amounts lovely. of food. 80s, the new 60. Yeah. Well, it depends if you're healthy. Yeah. 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 And my dad, uh, he'll call me, he'll go like this. I'm all uploading something on the internet. Make sure I send it to you. I'm like, really? He's like, you know what I mean? Like, he created a website for his church. He just, like, nothing throws him, you know? I Nobody think, I think, anymore, man. I think that, that the key to getting old, actually, there's an article in the Times yesterday about this, about the key to getting old, being happy in your old age is having purpose. Yeah. Whether it's uploading things for your church, right. whatever it is, is to have purpose, that it's mm-hmm. not just all about you. But I also think that, just in general, in life, the the better you can deal with change, the happier you're going to be. Right. Because it's change. Constantly, people die. They just fucking die. Yeah. People just die. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, it's like, the it's like roll with the punches. Otherwise, you're done. It's it, weird the, thinking about that, right? When yeah, we were just talking, yeah. We were talking about, like, survivor's guilt, where I'm thinking about the dead friends that I have. And I now have memories of, like, yeah, I think all of the, I think everybody else in the car is dead now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And most of it come from some kind of drug and alcohol related thing from when you were younger, either ODing or wrecking a car or whatever. But survivor's guilt is usually when you were present for the event. Like if you were all in one car and then and you're all the died only and one you're that survived. survived. Well, we then, were all but, in the but, same space. Of all these things are great to do. You know what I mean? But not everybody pulls out of that, you know? No, and that's For what sure. you try to impress upon your children. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody makes it. There's no You know what I love about my kids? It's like I I remember getting into cars with the driver was yeah. tripping. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. And I thought I was smart. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't right. think I was an idiot. But of course I was a fucking idiot because I was 19. But you, the, the, you try to impress upon them and it's just, it's useless. 
It's true. Because you don't useless. know. When you're 19, you think you got it all. You think you got the world by the balls. I you actually you remember everything. a time we were coming up this hill, and we're all doing acid. I think we were going to end up seeing Pink Floyd that day, and we are trying to time mm-hmm. it. But we're all tripping, and it was a wet thing. And a truck was coming down and started to jackknife, right? And none of us did anything other than, whoa. Like, we just were driving <laughs> along as if this was okay. And after the truck w- went off and had an accident in the other direction, we were like, that was really weird, right? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. we couldn't even get, if, if we would have not have been tripping, we'd have been like, oh my God. But we were so ready for strange shit to happen that we just acted like, I guess that happens. I don't know. Did you read well, from you the got Book lucky. of the Dead? Yeah. I get lucky a lot of times. Yeah, in my me too. Life. When you used the trip, did you read from the Book of the Dead? Did you do it the right way? What, the Tibetan? Egyptian? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Book of the Dead. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, take it that quick. I met a girl whose father turned Timothy Leary onto acid. You know, really? Actually, Vanessa Hollingshead. You know, oh, she's yeah, a comic. Yeah, yeah, I know Part Vanessa. of her show, Our Time, was her, her dad was the person who turned Timothy Leary onto acid. That's a nice trial. Was he like a you. chemist or something? I think he was just a drug freak. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but back then it wasn't even illegal. You could do acid legally up until like 67. Yeah, I think she said he gave some to her when she was In a, a million girl, huh? years, I would not do anything hallucinogenic now. No. Who it would yeah, freak absolutely. me out. Who needs it? Too but scary. maybe if you would have weighed it, it would be, you know what I mean? Like if you hadn't done anything and got to this point, it might be a... A smarter uh, uh, thing. Well, but well, well, there's also like you know, like Cary Grant did all that that right. therapy, that acid therapy, and the mind altering. And right. but I, I could not lose that kind of control. No, my when brain. I was a kid, I did it once, they, and they warned me, "Don't look in the mirror." And you look in the mirror, and my I my my pupils were like saucers, and then right. my hands turned into pincers. I was well, I did it on the Jewish holidays, but which they is really a bad are. Time to do <laughs> they really it. are. <laughs> <laughs> the bad time to do it on I the high holidays. I think it's Shavuos today. Is it really? Yes, I know because yeah. no alternate side. So what are we what supposed is it to do for Shavuos? Next two days? Yeah, I have no, no idea. Is that you where you, you build a little hut? No, that's, no, that's the lulav and the esrog. No, I don't know what that, that is. That's like the, a little lemon, a lemon and, a, and a, like a, st- a staff of wheat. You don't I know don't, about I'm that I'm gluten intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be Jewish. There's too many gluten. Uh, Susie Aspen, Fez, do the plug there. Susie's going to be performing at Levity Live in Nyack, New York, tomorrow night. That's Friday, June 6th, 7.30 p.m. Saturday, two shows at Levity Live at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Go to levitylive.com for tickets. Jeffrey Gurian, comedymatterstv.com. And on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash Network. Fuck Fez. All right, what? so that's it for us. <laughs> we're done? We're wow. done. As always, you were fantastic. Hey, I know you I like to talk to you. You and, Jeff, you and Jeffrey are going to hang out and do some stuff oh, yeah. after yeah, the fact. Okay. Yeah. Can I go to the bathroom? Of course, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad please? that you actually yeah. you started talking about happiness. So it was perfect I didn't even that we're going to into that. All right. Uh, so we'll you see, going to this tonight? We'll see all you guys tomorrow. Because yeah, I didn't go to the luncheon yesterday. And that's the end of my show. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.